0: there and welcome to another episode of the Bible. Wait, what? Yes, this is the podcast that unravels the mysteries of the Bible's most perplexing, puzzling and thought-provoking passages. My name is Rowan and each session I'm joined by a member of our team at C3 Church, Camden, Picton and Thoreau as they quiz me on some of the more complicated, confusing, challenging and even confronting passages that we read in our weekly Bible reading plan. understand that reading the Bible can be a challenging and perplexing experience. Many people just don't know where to start, they get confused, and so they give up. Well, that's why this podcast exists, to equip you with the tools and the knowledge to explore the richness and depth of the Bible for yourself. So grab your Bible, take a deep breath, and join us as we explore this week's passages. To learn more about us or to get in touch with us at C3 Church Camden, Picton and Thoreal, visit any of our three locations' websites. That's c3camden.church, c3picton.church and c3thoreal.church. Or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube just by searching for any of our locations' names. So without any further delay, let's dive into today's conversation.
1: Well, welcome everyone to this week's edition of the podcast series, the Bible, wait, what?
0: No, you got to get more exuberant no, got to get me more Come excited. Come on, get low. your. You've got to go, uh, the Bible, wait, what?
1: The Bible, wait, what? That's better, Jimmy. <laughs> I have to get my um really excited get YouTuber you excited. voice on. Yeah,
0: you know? you, you're a YouTuber, you oh, know how to no, do this done stuff.
1: A little bit of stuff, yeah. <laughs> on a hiatus for a few months now and probably continue for a while longer. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, cool, it's so, cool having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, family does uh, get in the way of some of those things, but I'm more than happy for that stuff to get in the way. But anyway, before we uh, ramble on any further, my name's James. Uh, and yeah, we're going to be looking at uh, the theme of mission this week. So, a little bit about me I'm from, uh, based out at C3 Camden. Uh, yep. I am involved in a lot of things across the board, really. All uh, kinds uh, of yeah. things, Jamie. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, just stepped back from being involved with the young adults after about four years or mm. so. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, but been yeah, across the team in a whole bunch of different capacities. So yeah, we love you, James. Yeah, so and you
0: here. may re- recognize him from being one of the voices of the Christians uh, yes. in Culture podcast. Yeah.
1: That's where yeah, that all do he? Yeah. yeah, I really like that. And that's the, the the thing that I'm excited and scared about doing this is that I want to make sure because that was more theme based and looking at it from a yes. theological basis and yeah. li- standing back and going, and what's the implications for us as you know. Um, as Christians in the world, that sort of thing, in Christians in culture, as in yes. you know, the title, uh, where this is a bit more of a like more of a di- deep dive into the Bible. There are things that we'll then pull out and be like, "Oh, that's a little bit like they have cultural stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it's more the other focus where before we we're starting sort of from things going in the world and then trying to bring biblical theology yes. to those. We're doing
0: yeah, it's a good thought. We're actually kind of doing the reverse here. Doing right? the we're going into the scripture and letting it speak to us. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know that very much. I will probably very more
1: comfortable doing the other way around, um, not necessarily for any reason other than that's just how my brain works. Okay. So but I'm sure you'll be fine, Jimmy. Look, we'll slide in, and then I'm sure we'll probably slide uh, between sure. the two I'm different sure. times. Yeah, I'm sure
0: we so. probably will. No, you'll be fine. And hey, yeah. like, shout out if you haven't listened to Christians in Culture, not that you've got a lot of time on your hands because this is a long podcast, a these long, long episodes here. Yeah. But but if you want to, if you're interested in on in how to be a uh, you know how to live the Christian life in culture day, we recorded that back pre-COVID, like yeah, 20, twenty just bright agree 2019 was it, it was was yeah. it all, 2019? Yeah. all 2019 pretty much all 2019 myself and. Jimmy and Adam Bear, we recorded that mm. and uh, some some stuff. That, I mean, a lot of that is is timeless, but, you yeah. know, our culture hasn't – it's, it's shifting, but the principles are still there. So yeah. if you want to know how to live and represent yourself well as a Christian in today's world, there's mm. some great content. Just search Christians in Culture wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, well – already uh, been talking a bit, but I'll introduce you. So, Go ahead, yeah. Pastor Rowan. Thanks for joining us here today. As always, the uh, thank you, the uh, the man facing the screen on a regular basis. Yeah, um, because really, we're here uh, as hosts of sitting on this side to really be able to try and you know have a discussion. Mm. But I suppose what's the way? Say like the there's so much that we could say and we might have a lot of experience. There might be even potentially things that we might have a little bit more experience oh, in you. Absolutely, absolutely. There's been some but, great
0: thoughts come out that I've gone, wow, I've just never thought of that before. Yeah,
1: but the, on the other side of that is that you also have, uh, at least for people who are inside our congregation, uh, like whether it's Camden, Picton, Thrall, you have the authority uh, to, like, to speak into their lives. Sure. So uh, even though the focus is not necessarily your eye, the focus is the scripture. Yeah but you bring a, a sense of authority to the oh, thanks, to the podcast Jimmy. yeah well hopefully that's even though it, that, for the
0: purpose of encouraging and building people up it's not yeah. intention for that
1: yeah even though that maybe sometimes we can get off track and we can have a bit of a laugh and maybe
0: I never get off track it's always <laughs> no, the guests we
1: never we never never ramble on at all no uh, never we've never no, had to re-record anything it's always the anything. guests fault and this is my first one here, so yeah. by the time you listen to this, it's not as though I've recorded other ones we're talking we're talking from
0: experience from yeah. from, from just life. other people. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, well we're starting a a brand new uh series. We're starting a series on mission as part of our liturgical calendar. And it's a little bit different. Um as, as, whereas the over previous months we've kind of had themes where the, the scriptures have kind of jumped all all around a bit. Um, but it'll be different over the course of the month of September. Mm. We're gonna uh, we're we're gonna stay in two large Blocks of scripture, and you're also kicking us off on that today, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, first up, um, we can one of the is uh, one Samuel. So yep. we're going to be looking at chunk of one Samuel, uh, and then looking
0: at Acts. Yeah, sure. And maybe maybe some as we launch this series. And I know I'm, I'm later on today. I'm recording with Phil Weirden, and also from Camden for his first time as well. And as we launch this series, the reason that I'd kind of chosen those two chunks of scripture was to get us to really do- dive into them. But uh, first. Uh, let's start with Acts, for instance. So obviously, we're talking about mission, and, and unlike some of our other weeks in this podcast uh, where our particular scriptures and our themes match, so if we're talking about the Father being gracious, that yeah. matches on a Sunday. I know... For those of you, many of you listening to this don't come to our churches. So it doesn't really mean anything to you necessarily in that way. You don't really care what the content is. But we've been doing that, uh, linking it in uh, with our Sunday sermons. Not so in this month because uh, we're doing a variety of different mission, highlighting a whole lot of mission projects in our locations, yep. uh, our own charity work and the work of IJM and Compassion and so on. And so they'll be moved around during the course of the month. So there won't be as much of a direct link um, to the Sunday. However, the reason I chose obviously the book of Acts to do during this time and, and really work through many chapters is the Acts is the first mission work of the church. So yep. we're going to get to see frontline mission work happening. And I was thinking about, and as I was reflecting back on all the stuff, we're going to do a lot of stuff around King David's life here, starting when he, before he's king and work his way through over the next little while. And what we'll see there too is, what I, the way I see that is that um, David was instituting God's kingdom. He was bringing God's kingdom to earth. He was setting up brand new people. He was going to rule them as uh, uh, un- under God. And so there's a kind of a mission component to that there. I think that's why it's transferable as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like one thing you'll see is that before he's even king, before he's even anointed, that uh, he's setting those standards before he even knew that he was going to have yes. any sort of anointing. Yeah, you're right. And even once he's got that and probably still understanding what actually even that is, mm. he's, he's still showing that. Um, and we'll see that as you go through, as we go through as yeah, well. Yeah, for
0: sure. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to kick it off with one Samuel sixteen. So yep. we'll go there now.
1: Okay, one Samuel sixteen. Um, Before we jump in, because this is like just one of my things. So I love the way that a Bible is, we've got chapters and verses, easier to catch up into things. And we can do things like this where we can look at blocks of scripture and it's easier to reference and find out where it is. Titles, titles that we use for stories, for chunks of the Bible, um, for just, you know, parts of passages, Look, they're great, especially when you're looking up for stuff like this. When you're trying to find if it, you're trying to heart, find stuff, yeah. it's great because you go, Oh, what is it? oh, there it is. Okay, sweet. Yeah. You don't even you know it's roughly this chapter you can go for a scan. Um but this is one of those times where I was just like, oh it got Couldn't in the they way. they have just did titled it? it slightly differently. Cause it, so the title that at least in the NLT, so my initial across the whole of um today's um podcast be looking at, like basing originally from the NLT, because I think mm-hmm. that's probably the scripture, that and the NIV is probably the scripture that most people
3: would
0: yeah, use I to think, read. I think you're right. Yeah. And I tend to preach from NLT these days because yep. it's fairly conversational. It's, it's easier yep. for people to learn than some of the other languages. So occasionally jump in NIV. And if we go into
1: something else like NRSV, which is uh, another one, which we might talk about at a different time there, but like just the titles. So it is based off there and it says, Samuel anoints David as king. While that title is true... How long, how many verses is it? It's 13 verses. Before you actually see that. <laughs> before you actually see that it's David who they're talking about. Yes. So if they could have just done like, just read the intention of the writer here, he could have very much said early on, he could even say when they said, oh, like, where's your sons? And they could have named all the sons. Yeah. And then as soon as you say, okay, I not know where we're I going. I know where we're going now. You just sort of throw it out. Like English, like for those who are reading it in the traditional language and that sort of stuff. Yeah, look, they all, wouldn't have seen it. All three of you to podcast that understand how to do Ebra I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I understand why they write in a particular way sometimes, but at the same time, I don't know how to read it. So, Right, yeah. Um, but – when it says that, and I'm just like, oh, couldn't you have just teased it couldn't out? You, just, you could yeah. have Samuel anoints the future king, or something, something like, like that. that like yeah. Or Samuel anoints the king, or yeah. I actually find
0: that when I do my youth version Bible app Bible quite often, because the NLT version, he actually re-includes, re-includes these, and it's really, yeah, I find it quite annoying, too. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh. Just so let the story tell yeah. me the story.
1: Because I think that what happens sometimes is that, and pr- probably a great reason for doing this podcast, is that Sometimes means that people will read the passage or the chapter or whatever in a particular way because of what the title says. Yes, yeah. And a lot of times is you got to. That's the title point, is a Jimmy. good reference point. You just got to drop the title.
0: Oh come on, you you are on fire already because these they can they can be helpful as a reference point, but they can actually upset the way the authors yeah. wanted to build story. That's a great thought. Let the story tell the story rather than our commentary on the story. Yeah, because yeah. it'll stop us like reading. Yeah. yeah. Because it says,
1: now the Lord said to Samuel, as at the beginning. So, what's happened before that yep. for now the Lord to say? Yep. Obviously, we're not going to jump back in that because that's separate to what we're looking at today. But that's the.
0: Well, the, the idea. now is immediate. Just for those listening, in one sentence, the now is immediately that Saul has just had the kit. He's just misbehaved. Yep. He's had the kingdom taken off him. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the. That's well, the thing. F- the threat of the, he hasn't lost the kingdom in, in, in practice, but he's lost yeah. the kingdom in in, s- in, in well, spirit God's, because God's favor God's favor yeah. has left him. Yes.
1: So, um, yeah. So we'll just jump in. Um, so I'm going to try and not read through chunks of the Bible because I think, feel as though that what we're going to be doing today. I'm I'm going to probably do more talking in this first section here yeah, to sure. set up the rest of the yeah absolutely podcast no here. worries that's that, good um every every one is different that's totally fine because i think that if we if for for me and my and if we read through every bit yet we and and even for particularly for myself is that there's so many little things i even said i said this wrong before like there's so many rabbit holes across especially samuel has so much stuff you can dive into and what's the meaning of why that and why does it say that that their relationship is this way why does it say this why does it say that what's it what's this inferring it's only Jenny and i that do that Jenny. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. why we produce five hour and twelve minute podcasts. Look, and I'm happy to do five hour <laughs> podcasts, but at the same time, Not now, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Phil will be here waiting yeah, for us be, by that time. For so, yep. um, so what I'm going to try and do is find sections like I might highlight one or two sections through each of the chapters, um, or there might be just a general theme over. Great, and yep. we'll just go from there. Yeah, and let's then, just have that combo. Obviously, you know, you anything else that you find important to really jump sure. into? Absolutely. Um, so the first one, which is a bit of a funny one. I, I, I always, yeah. God's uh, sense of humor is that first, first seven, God said to Samuel, don't judge on appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing that you hear about David is, so actually I'll read the two. I so verse know. seven, and I just think that this is just hilarious, but um, because it's just like a Bible nerd laughing at God. doing yes. things. So, and look, and there's probably a bit more to it than that, but this on the surface is just, it is a bit of a fun play against each other. So, but the Lord said to Samuel, because Samuel says, "Oh, surely it's you know, it's like this. is Who it is? Surely it's Eliab. Surely yes, that's right. Like so it's obviously simply,
0: the background is Samuel's gone to appoint the new king, and he showed up at yep. Jesse's house. Jesse has uh, seven sons." Yeah. David is the the eighth, and he's not even there. Yeah. And he sees the first one, Eliab, he goes, "Oh, he's oh, got to be. He's got yeah, to be. Like, he's a strong man. Yeah, like, he's, I'm, he's I'm like sure Chris that he's the man. Yeah.
1: I'm sure he's <laughs> tall, got you know nice thick hair, big <laughs> luscious beard, like, and he's just like a bit like you, Jimmy. Yeah, well, not necessarily the hair on the head, but the beard. <laughs> we'll start with that one. Um, but then, and then he says, like, and Samuel's like, it's got to be him. Yeah. He just looks at him and says, it's got to be that. Like, and that's the, and that is also. Um, a sign of the culture as well is that it was the one, the eldest, normally yep, yep. takes that thr- born, they, yep. that takes that mantle. But it's also then generally those who are physically not just like it physical, more often than not, takes a precedence well, yeah, whether you're or not a, that they're in a warrior culture. So you yeah, would think where they are you, that physical online. fitness
0: and strength would have something to do with that. And then too. like you look and you
1: look back at all the other characters, is that they necessarily they might not necessarily like had the, the knowledge or wisdom or leadership straight away. Yeah. Some, like some asked for it. Some were, yep. had to be taught by advisors. And, Great. So, and I think that's the thing is that, so like Samuel's just one look, mm. Iliad, nah, well, that's I, the guy.
0: Especially when Saul, the previous king, yeah. has been described as being a head taller than everybody else. So yeah. he's got that, f- he's going, God picked that one. Yeah. Surely this guy's got to yeah. be the one. This so. is the better version of him. Yes. This, this is, is, this is the real God, version. God sent Saul him here. version two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got it. And
1: so... Like, so he said, got, surely got to be him. And the Lord said, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord uh, the Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord judges, uh, the Lord looks at the heart. So that's verse seven. So we go down to verse 12. So Jesse sent for David. At this point, we haven't actually got his name yet, but Lord sent for him because he's like, oh, you know, it's none of these sons here. Haven't you got any others? Have you got any others? Oh, yeah, youngest. Oh, he's, yeah. Out, he's out well, doing the sheep, out the you know, yeah. like
0: he's the, he's the one that we just sort of – Well, a lot of historians actually think he was probably the illegitimate son, so yeah. he had no claim to anything. He was just basically the dog's body in the family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: and so Jesse sent for him, and then he comes in. He was dark and handsome, with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said, "This is the one." Anoint him. <laughs> it's just—I just think it's just so funny the way that the writer's done it. It's just yes. like, don't judge on appearance. But, but I'm, I'm going to talk it. <laughs> about the appearance. It, it, like, obviously, there is more to David because it, yeah. it, it stresses very hard that the Lord looks at the heart. Yes. So it's just saying that, yeah, your first thing is look at the appearance, and even for the writer, the first thing was the appearance. Yeah. But there was so much more, and then. It's just, I just think that it's, it was just a funny nod, like to don't look at appearance, but look at him. He's, uh, he's, he's the model guy. Um, That's great. And so, and I think it's that, um, just because this might be the best pick of the bunch. So the seven sons are there and you you go eldest, you know, tallest, strongest, whatever, and be like, oh, he's the guy. But then you haven't seen the eighth. Yeah. The eighth in this time. Potentially, by right. the written, he was a lady killer. This uh, he coming in. He's a, you know, he's just the you know
0: dark, dark handsome, and handsome, beautiful eyes or like what do they say? Ruddy is ruddy. The, I think the, the, the other versions say ruddy. Yeah, ruddy. Is, uh, they think has, a, you know what they think it means, don't you, Jimmy? What? Same as you. Oh what? They think it's red. Oh okay. Yeah, there's a redness to him, I think, oh, from of, memory. Okay, I'll have yeah, to. Have Jimmy's to got a, one. a sport and a red beard. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Red beard, no hair. That's red on hair. hair,
0: no, It's all on
1: the face. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, look, you know, that's a bit of a fun one to start off yeah. with when we go to that one. So, that's, you know, looking at how then, and then he, like, then obviously Samuel takes a flask of olive oil, He anoints him. So, I just don't want to skip the early part because that was a bit of a fun yeah, bit there to good, just jump into. Good draw, good draw. Um, the Samuel going to go and, see Jesse and Jesse's family and to follow what the Lord has um, put before him. And he was that afraid. Like, what if, you know, what if I'm caught? Like, what am I going to say? That sort of thing. I think that it's, uh, it's interesting that Saul, uh, Samuel, sorry, is at this point, he's doing the Lord's work, but then we find out like, and then we reflect that to David later is that, he was trying to find reasons why, um, not reasons why not to do it, but trying to cover all bases, be like, oh, what happens if I get caught? What happens if I yeah. get this? But then we'll hark back to this again later when we go to David, is that David doesn't really think about, oh, what if this, what if that? He's just sort of like, I'll follow what… He, he trusts
0: the Lord trusts the Lord more, more direction despite yeah. the potential uh, of what ramifications yeah. of what may come. That's a good thought. So, so he's still… Yeah. Yeah. Samuel's still trying to hedge his bets to some degree. Yeah. So and, through all the implications. Yeah. And and and, and, that, and
1: there's nothing wrong with that. It just shows the character of David. Yes. Great call. More so than – because Samuel would have been thought of very highly. The fact that yeah, the well Lord chose lead, him to do this. He's basically the leader yeah. of Israel at this point. And so he's yeah. chosen. the Lord's chosen him to then go and find the next mm. king mm. and anoint him. And he's still like making sure that he's sort of covering himself a little bit. Yes. But then when we see then David comes along, that how he then acts at least – what we, um, we get to read in these chapters. Yeah, because a
0: spoiler a lot, what, what Samuel was afraid of happening to him, that is, that Saul would turn on him, is actually what yeah. happened to David. He yeah. was the one who actually yeah. experienced what Samuel was worried about. Yeah, yeah. And then lucky for David, he was uh, nimble and quick and could run away yeah, and can yeah. get away and all mm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now,
1: um, the tormenting spirit. So we go to verse oh, 14. Yes. We hear about this a lot uh, and it gets more and more detailed and gets probably a little bit stronger. As we move through. Yeah, this tormenting spirit comes back two or three times in the story, yeah. doesn't it, in the narrative? So I had a look into it and I'm yep. like the... Help me out. Where it says, the Lord sent a tormenting spirit. That now, kind of sounds... That, that statement seems quite foreign to us as 21st yeah. century Christians, doesn't it? And that's why... Because I know that a lot of people would read that uh, that maybe haven't dived deeply into any sort of biblical studies yep. before. They've read the Bible and Bible believing, but maybe things like this, they just... This is a, a wait, what moment? Yeah, it really and is, and that's what it is. And well, how,
0: how would God? What What does why, that mean? Why would, why would the God Lord send this tormenting yeah. spirit?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, and they, you know, and like Instruct I know, us, know that it's brother. been. Oh, well, I know that it's been sort of played off before, as in that. Well, is it like by people who haven't really looked into it properly? They've just sort of trying to find an example to maybe appease people a little sure. bit and saying like, "Well, is it actually the Lord sending this spirit?" But if you read through, it is mm-hmm. like the the Lord is pretty much pushing Saul to like this whole way being like well I've removed my anointing from you mm-hmm. you are no longer my anointed king I've passed yep, that on, passed to on to David, David yeah but it's just that that continual like you know that you I'm going to torment you the only thing that's going to calm you down one is David the person right. who I have anointed for yep. one yep. but then as it gets stronger and stronger each time that the fact that he that Saul had two options one to accept what was happening and be like, okay, Lord, I can see that. And it even says later that he sees that the anointing has moved yep, on. Yep. Um, and accept that mm-hmm. and bring on forward what God yep. is bringing. Or it could be what he does do, <laughs> which, which is the second throw option, spears at him. Throw spears at him. And and He it says, and it fills him with depression and fear. Mm, and that mm. depression and fear keeps going and going. And then I think we find out in one of the later chapters, so I don't want to spoil it, what really was driving that depression and fear when it comes to. Um, just before David sort of does the bolt for the one of the final times, so we won't spoil yeah. that part yet. But I like it was more so stressing that the Lord sent Tony Spirit, and I went through. And the easiest way, if you are not a Bible scholar, I am no way a Bible scholar. I have done th- a theology degree, and yet I still do not call myself a Bible scholar. I can I can call myself theolo- we're all theologians technically. Right. Yeah, so I can say that and not feel as though that I'm being a bit too much, but. Bible scholar, definitely not. Um, people know a lot more than me. And I've got a few things to find information. But even with this, is that at people are not. It's probably not 100% agreement. Not 100% on what it means. agreement. Yeah, I would imagine so. And no matter if you read through each of the versions, though, even say the NLT. So, uh, so the NRSV. So the NRSV, and I mentioned this earlier. So this is one which I learned in Bible college. Well, one I never really heard about the NLT before. Uh, NRSV, sorry. And the thing with the NRSV is that it's sort of across the board understood as not necessarily a – it's the most biblically they, – they say it's the they most biblically to, accurate. They try to stick as close as, as possible close to, the, to the original to the languages. Original. Yes. And so like you read the NIV or the NLT, they have different leanings yeah. into the way they yep. interpret certain phrases. Yep. So NRSV doesn't want to be a clean read. Like as you can read it and it all yeah. makes perfect sense, it, the, everything – Goes together, but it's as,
0: as close as possible to the, like to what is saying in the scripture. And so what it means is say, that, that it might cause them a little bit of. Uh, it doesn't make it as smooth to
1: read, does no. it? No. So I start there whenever I'm going to. So this is a good
0: if you're not a yep, biblical that's person. A good point. You go and have go a look and at look different at the versions, RSV or the NRSV. Yep, yeah, and then start point.
1: there, and then even look, look King James and New King James. They have a place as well. Yep. Like you just go through the different versions, even the Message. Like yep. you can pull out different. Yep. Obviously, Message doesn't have you don't build doctrine Testament.
0: out of the Message, but you can. Yeah, Message has Old Testament. Oh, but not all of it yet. Does it? oh uh, yeah, yeah, it, oh, it does. does now. Okay, yep, okay. Yep. Well, Eugene Peterson managed thing. to do all that before he died. Yep, oh, so the, the, he's got the whole the whole Bible now. Oh, there we go. He did some initially Psalms and Proverbs and New Testament, but now he's he has got The whole thing. Okay, well, yeah, didn't come up originally for me, maybe because I was... No, nah, probably back in those days. It's yeah. probably the last 10 years or
1: so. Um, so, and it also said, um, so it says, as now the Spirit of the Lord departed from 16? Yeah, I'm in 16, 14. Yep, I'm yep. in the right spot. Now the Lord, uh, Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. So even here, it's, so this is, as you can way I read that one compared to, now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit. Mm-hmm. It uses language which Sometimes we might find a bit more confronting, like an evil spirit from the from Lord. the Lord. Like, why would the Lord send an yeah. evil spirit? Yeah, and this is where, okay, it, he's actually saying that this has come from the Lord, mm-hmm. and and I think that majority will agree with that. Maybe not understand necessarily yeah. why yeah. that's
0: that's right. So that because that does have a confrontational component to yeah. it. We don't think of the Lord as evil. we, we no. the, the Father is revealed as good, the exact opposite of evil. Yeah. So yes, that's that. Can be one of those great wait what moments, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's and but it's it's also something not to get hung up
1: on because the whole the reason for this story and the whole reason for um reading about this initial thing is about the transition and the and the like the two different kings, how one king acted, how another king acted. Yep. And you can see like Saul did things wrong and how he and the consequences of those actions and how he acted versus David, who does things wrong later on, and yeah. how he acts, and yep. you can contrast the two together. Yep. Uh, and you see that through a lot of the Old Testament when kings pop up, and just read Kings in general, and you can see the ups and downs of that. So
0: yeah, I think um, one of the ways that uh, I've said this several times on the podcast is to realise that that their understanding of the um, of doctrine their understanding of Reality of the universe, mm. the relationship between angels and demons, and all that—death, uh, matters of life after death—it's all progressive. Yeah, so we are—we're having to put ourselves back into a worldview that is different and on a process towards what we arrive at today even by the time we get to the new testament the whole concept of demonology is very different yeah. to what it is here there's not a whole lot of mention of demons act, acting involved in day to day life in the old testament mm. this is one of those few where you think well a tormenting spirit that's got to be something demonic going on there yeah. it's there but it's not front and center suddenly jesus appears and there's demons all over the place you know yep. so so there's a progression towards that and scholars look at that i think um, i think one of the things i've talked about a lot and and Certainly, neither am I a scholar. So, when when I see this, I keep that in mind. First of all, they're talking from their context. Um, I would say that, and we've talked about this a few times already. That, that in the previous series on on the the concept of God's justice and judgment and what that means. And um, I don't think it's you know does God judge using tormenting spirits, or um, is God's you know is God physically and actively the positive in the, the the, um, what's the word I'm after? What, the agent of judgment yep. or is judgment what happens when we remove ourselves from under his protection? So in other words, there is, there is judgment in the world because of the nature of sin. But while we serve God, we have protection. And then you go, well, you're going to wander away. You're going to come out from under that. And the end result will be mm. that you open yourself up to tormenting spirits. And so that's probably the tension that scholars argue. Which one is it? I think you can build strong arguments for both at any point in mm. the scriptures. Um, like you know, the nations in the Old Testament, the nations were seen as agents of God's judgment. When Babylon came and yeah. and defeated Israel, well, the, the Babylonians and the Assyrians weren't exactly what you'd call the good guys. No, and yet they were agents of God's judgment. So, yeah. did God send them, or did they? was it the end result of their own actions that caused that to happen to them i would say yes to both yeah <laughs> i think but that's yes, the point yes. and i think that's what's going on here i think um it probably if anything it shows me that even the, the the most demonic forces are still under the agency of the lord and they will achieve his purpose and you said that it was it was to drive him for his need to have david in his world wasn't it yeah. so and yeah. that's
1: and that's the uh the thing there oh that thought damn it just the other way. Yeah, so when it comes to withdrawing of the like, you know, withdrawing of that uh, favor, yes, and then and you're then opening yourself up, Correct. and I think that's the that's the yeah, that's exactly what wasn't where I was going, but I, the thought left. Look, it may come back, it may come back. That's some the point. whole thing of a podcast. You can yeah. talk, and then
0: if it comes back, you yep. can just start talking again. So that's okay. That's right. You just carry on with it. Oh, I remember that. That sort yeah. of thing. Yep. Um, but Yeah, it's it's yep. worth it's worth. I don't think you'll find a hard and fast doctrine that everyone will agree upon about something like that. And I think you need to allow some flexibility in your thinking, but wrestle with it because Mm. you'll have to come to terms with it. But I think, I like to think that the way I tend to lean is that um, God will allow, uh, um, you know, evil to come into the world because he has given us the agency of free will. And to some extent that makes him the agent of the judgment or the agent of the torment, but the purpose of his Torment is never intended for anything other than to drive us to repentance. Yeah. Uh, You know, that we wake up to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's again, a large concept, which
1: we can struggle with our understanding, our Western understanding of, of who God is. Mm. And then when we, again, we read everything back with through the lens of Jesus, but then again, our understanding of Jesus. Yes. And it, can find the Old Testament can be found to be hard to read. And it's why people try and find ways to, oh, I read it this way or I read it that way because it can be confronting. And if it doesn't fit your mindset, Mm. like it can be hard to then comprehend or even to accept what it's actually saying and be able to look into it further.
0: Because we come at the scriptures with the mentality of we should be able to see it through a 21st century mindset. But, But the thing is we don't come to the Lord of the Rings. No. With that mentality. We don't come to Star Wars with that mentality. We, yeah. we come to it allowing it to speak within its culture and time. Yeah. And I think it's important that we learn to do the same thing and then we can extract from that rather than trying to yeah. um, impose on it certain values that we think it should have. Yeah. And I think that, and that again, like this is where I don't want to go too far, but in
1: terms of when we're reading anything written by like by authors when it comes to about any topic doesn't have to be religious topics is that you got to understand that the context that they're writing that from yes that's right it's and it's then important. and i think that too often is that we'll read something when it's not like when it's about an actual topic that they've read, whether it's personal experience or they know they've deep dived into something that uh, and around a topic that you maybe have no context for is that you don't bring something of your own preconceptions to those things that you've got to try and read it from where they're reading that from to really then to be – at least allow it to have some sort of impact on you. That's true. Great thought, Jimmy. Um, really good. Very good. All right. Chapter 16. Okay. Like uh, we've probably talked a lot on Chapter 16 already. Um, and just to – oh, just summarise the end is that pretty much – so David comes in because – or someone says, oh, David can, you know, play – this beautiful yeah, music. So, so he's he's got this tormenting music. spirit.
0: Oh, I've yeah. heard about
1: a son of Jesse who can do that. Yeah. And then so he gets him in. And I think this is like, and it's interesting about the next chapters when it talks about David and Saul initially there. That we talk about him here that, oh yeah, son of Jesse, you know, he's got, you know, and he comes in and it's David, and he goes and plays the harp for him. Uh, and he's a talented harp player. But and not only that, brave warrior, man of war, good judgment. It's just like, oh. Like, and he's a fine looking young man and the Lord is with him. Yeah. So at that point it sets up who David is. So he's, he's a, he's with the Lord is that last one. And that's, I think, cause that's the most important most important one. Yep. But like he's a musician, he's a brave warrior, a man of war. So it means that he would have some sort not only can he fight, but war means he's, he understands, he can lead. He, like It, it brings yeah. more to his character by
0: naming that in a separate Which way. Which is, is fascinating it does that because he's judgment. just a kid out the back. Yeah. And yet this commentary is commenting on him being so much more than that.
1: Yeah, and that's and I think that's important because that really sets up – because I think that – because Saul doesn't, I think, take notice of this. And, and he probably – it's probably one of those things that it sort of clicks – Probably after we get towards the end of chapter seventeen, maybe in chapter eighteen, uh, where it we, starts yes. actually going. Gotcha. Oh, hang on, I can start seeing those things they said I didn't even take it that no, in. I right. just, I just wanted at a relief at from that, that my time. Torment. I just wanted someone to come in and soothe me.
0: Yeah, good call. So probably what we need to do, we won't read as you said. We won't read all the text, but mm. because this is a narrative, I'd say this as we, as we sort of go through these chapters, um, it's probably worth if you've got time, whack on your U version Bible app and listen to it. You can read the narrative of David start to finish in a couple of hours. So we, we're not going to do every chapter over the course of this month, but we'll do a lot of it. Um, but we'll just – maybe we can just comment on – without having to read it, we'll just comment to keep the story flowing as yep. we work it through because it, it's a narrative, so it builds yep. upon – Assume what knowledge happened. from the previous chapter, yeah. even though there are times when the scholars who think this actually is out of context this, this is that comment is written yeah. later on and that sort of stuff, and they've just sort and of reflected it back in. Which is how Bob thats how artists, yeah. authors work all the time. But um, yeah, it's not all one hundred percent watertight. Uh, chronological order but mm-hmm. that's not the intention of what the authors are doing but by and large we bu- it builds on a narrative so yeah. we'll, we'll fill in the holes there and here and there but we get to the end of this chapter and basically David's uh, hanging around Saul and he's the man who's bringing the relief yeah. to uh, Saul for his torment and interestingly enough he uses music so I w- yeah. I'd close out this chapter by just saying music's an incredibly powerful tool for emotional and spiritual healing Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know it does and, and shouldn't think look down on that uh, there's another time where elisha uses he, he needs a prophetic word and he calls for a harpist and said play, play a harp and and let me create a vibe create create yep. space and that's the creativity of god it's not belittling that that's actually something to show that this does it, it, you know it does create mood it does lean us towards peace doesn't it if it's the right kind of music music yeah. it, uh, as is all art really art is mm. art is can, can be constructive or destructive depending on um, mm. how it's used yeah All right, we'll head over to, we're going to chapter 17, are we? Yep. All right, chapter 17 coming up.
1: All righty, chapter 17. So this is where we get the introduction of Goliath. So Mm. the story that probably a lot of people would know. Um, how much of the story or how accurate of the story or what they actually remember probably differs across the board. Uh, so a little, uh, we'll quickly talk about Goliath and a little bit about who he is. So he was a Philistine champion. Uh, so they say he was over nine feet tall. Uh, so in the exact cubits to feet measurement, it's 9.75 feet tall. So all three meters tall dude. Yeah. So you got to think, so basketball ring, 10 foot. So yep. he's, you know, 0. 0.25 of a foot off touching that ring,
0: so it's not very far off. He's a big – especially when uh, they've uncovered archaeological evidence in Israel that probably shows that um, the average height for, um, for a Jew at the time was – at this time was probably in the vicinity of five feet. Yeah. So, so – so This nearly twice as twice big Twice as, as big. Dave. And yeah. Then, so, yeah, definitely a giant compared to them.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so they talk about, like, you know, wore all this armor, so like and that's the thing is we can get this idea he wasn't only tall but he was strong Mm. and like with height you can get reach you can get all those sorts of things so we won't go too deep into whole body mechanics and that sort of stuff but even if he's swinging something he can probably hold something slightly heavier just because of his height because then he can create leverage and yeah one swing takes out three or four people even if he wasn't strong but he weighed what, 125 pounds? So what's that saying? His male weight, Ma- um, the, his, yeah, his weight, yeah. His armour. Armour was, so 57 kilos. So, you know, holding a small human um, on his That's seriously body. heavy armour. So wow. if you're holding that much, you've got a lot of, you're probably already weighing maybe around that 150 kilos maybe. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, and then everything else. And then a spearhead, just the spearhead weighed 6.8 kilos. So he... Could throw that pretty hard as well.
0: So, like, that's the thing is that so Goliath. So that's like the spearhead is what is about the weight of the heaviest of bowling ball, ten bowling balls. Yeah. So he's and <laughs> right so he's swinging that around like and so he's just throw, going on he's throwing. He, the, oh yeah. my goodness,
1: that's strong. So he so <laughs> Goliath to set the scene because you can always get this thing of okay, he was tall and he was strong, but. He was really tall, like he twice as tall as the normal. Yeah. Like, so when he comes out, he has intimidation just by being there. Yes, he has intimidation. Right. yeah. And then he's also str- – so he wouldn't have just been tall. He would have been big to be able to carry all that weight. So it's this figure of this giant of a man that just commanded authority by being there. Yeah, That's who he was. So this is Goliath and, you know, walk out every day and pretty much just taunt the Israelites. He just taunt them. Uh, and just be like, well, why, you know, come out and fight me pretty much. I'm the champion, send out
0: your champion. Yep. Let's and fight it out. Champ- so just to clarify that champion warfare is a, is a common form yeah. of warfare in the ancient areas. In fact, in many cultures, even in Greek uh, culture later yeah. on, I think it's probably a, a wise move to some degree because what it meant was Kings were smart. They didn't want to lose their armies. They, no. you know, they, that meant they didn't have anyone to go home and yeah. Farm the land and tax everybody. So they figured, well, let's just have one fight off against another, yeah. and uh, whoever wins, we're, we'll call it a day. <laughs> you just only had to have one, two, three yes.
1: really strong, good fighters. Yeah, that's right. And you can win wars exactly. just by rocking up yep. and getting them to send one out and winning the war that way. Yep. And because that was the best for both sides, because if you lost in that way, you knew that you weren't losing all of your people. That's right. You might lose your land. You might. Yep whatever, but you're not going to lose all your people. Yep, like your your civilization will yep.
0: survive in some context. That's right. And that was hence why I think they the pattern of warfare was like yep. that, champion warfare. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so he's out there taunting and everything else. And then this is where it gets interesting where we said maybe that bit before was slot in in Chapter 16 is because Jesse's now going between – Looking after the sheep with his dad. Yes.
0: (laughs) And going into the war. He doesn't seem like a man of war. This seems to be written like this is the first encounter he has on a battlefront. And I think that's the point. Yeah. And that's the the point with that one. And so that's why it's
1: always interesting that that was written, put there for a reason. Yes. And why may seem as though that, okay, well, then why doesn't, as we look through, Saul doesn't quite know who David is at this point.
0: No, that's right. I think that's part of the reason you'll see that too. I think that's almost why they think that maybe that. Those comments and all that stuff with Saul the, mm. uh, having the demo- tormenting spirit and that that probably came later. Yeah, it's been inserted back in the beginning of the narrative, but yeah. it probably came later.
1: Yeah, so it's that it's that precursor to what's happening. It's sort of yeah. like that uh, when you do that spring forward, like in a movie where they or in a, yeah, it's, a time it's so they they jump forward, yep. and this is what what happened here. So that's a great point. This way to is put it. what led up to that point. That's, I think that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, as well. So said. it's that yep. view
0: forward. So uh, yeah, for forty days. So it's almost like you've gone. We finished yeah. chapter fifteen. Chapter 17 starts with, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Yes, that like that's a good cool way to put it.
1: Yep. So we're we're in so for 40 days, Goliath has been out there pretty much just strutting his stuff in front of the Israelite army, saying, Come and take me on. Uh so yet Jesse says to David, take this basket of roasted grain and stuff and bread and whatever and take it to your brothers and let us know what's going on. I want to make sure they're safe. Yeah. Because he's a caring father. Yeah, he wants to make sure that his sons are yep. are safe. So he sends off David to go and do that. So he goes and does that. He dumps it with the person that needs to know, and then he goes, rush off to see what's actually going on. He wanted to actually be a part of the action a little bit there. He did, didn't he? Um, So we go a little bit further down, uh, and then it is in verse 20, no, sorry, in verse 23, towards the end of verse 23. Then Goliath had come out, and then David heard. Him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Uh and then the Israelite army saw that and were too frightened they ran away. Like they didn't want to fight. You could yeah. just, there was that visible no nah, Totally intimidated to by down. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then they get that little back and forth about what it is and what's the reward for taking down Goliath? Uh it's a king's daughter mm. as your wife. Um, and then your your family's for, for life. life. Exactly. Pretty much it's like not only do you totally. become part of the family. Uh, your family doesn't have to yep. pay any taxes for life. So, look, you say, yeah, there's a good incentive to do it, but yet no one's taking it No on. one's still taking it off. And that's saying something. Yep. Because that would, even someone who thinks that they may only have a 10% chance might drive someone to do something like that. So it shows how intimidating Goliath that's was. That's right. Yeah. Now, David just corroborates that story with a few people to see what's going on. And then his brother has, he has an interest, interesting uh, interaction with his brother in verse 28. And I wanted to highlight that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and more so, is it like, I wonder if it's just sibling rivalry or just this thing of you got anointed and I didn't type I, thing. I think that probably comes into it a little bit. Cause it is Eliab again, the yeah, oldest, the oldest which, brother, which Samuel thought was yep. the, uh, the next big thing and yep. wasn't, uh, and he heard David talking to the men. So this is in verse 28. So Eliab, he heard David talking to the men and he was angry. He goes, what are you doing here anyway? You know? what are those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? What about them? Like, I know you, your pride and deceit. You just want to see this battle. Yeah. It almost
0: rings of, of similar sort of stuff to Joseph and his rivalry with his older brothers, brothers. as well, doesn't yeah. it? It's like, uh, you know, there's something on David. And if I'm Eliab, to be honest, yeah. um, I'm the head of the family. I'm raised to be the head of the family. If mm. Left to my own devices, if I'm Eliab, I'm going to be pretty ticked off, shall we mm. say, with this kid yeah. brother who – suddenly seem to get all the accolades. So I can understand the sinful nature oh, yeah. rising up and f- feeling like that. Totally. And then him hearing that he's asking the story about, okay, so what
1: what happens if we take this guy yes. down? Yeah. And him knowing, okay, well, he's been anointed by God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true.
1: Does that mean that he's going to potentially be the one that does this? Like he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's probably thinking he's through wrestling this. wrestling like, through this. Like, does that mean that he's going to be the one that then provides for our family for life? Yeah. Is he going to be the one that I'm going to have to sit under? Right. Yeah. No, good, like, cool. what do you,
0: like, that's a really good thought. So
1: then he sees pride and deceit because mm. that's what is welling up in him. That's what he in puts his it own on heart on him, and he imposes it. He imposes it on David.
0: Boom. Oh, we've got the sound effects? <laughs> no, wrong sound effects. We need these ones. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. Probably not have my glasses on. That's good. He imposed his own response to, and we call that projection in psychology, to yep. project our own experience onto somebody else. A good yeah. call. So David's like, what am I done? I'm only asking a question. Like
1: probably knows why he's asking the question, but at the same time, he's like, what? I'm just asking a question. Yeah. Like, why are you so upset with me? Like, why are you throwing around this thing that I'm trying to be deceitful? Yeah, why am I right. being prideful in yeah. just asking a question? Yep. Um, so that, yep. So that was the end of that interaction, at least, that was written down here. Um, and then the fact that David was asking the question was reported to King Saul. Yep. So the king sent for him. It's like, okay, well, someone's asking the questions. I want to know who this person is yeah. that seems, though, that they might have an inkling to take this mm. on. Chance to finish this war now. It's been a long time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it could be going on a bit longer. If someone's interested, means they might have a bit of uh, – they might be a great fighter. Yep. Who knows? They yep. might be someone who – feels as though like, you know, it might be worth taking the risk of sending them out. So then we go to the next one, which spoiler alert on the title, I'm not going to read it out loud, uh, but you can see it for yourself just before verse 32 in the NLT, my uh, thing with titles. Actually I'll read it out. <laughs> David kills Goliath, spoiler. <laughs> uh, if you didn't know that already. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> the first line, which I'd highlight because I just think it's this is the this is David's authority and David's understanding of who he is yeah, his and faith. his trust in God and his yeah, faith absolutely. in God. He's, don't worry about this Philistine. He doesn't even name him. Yeah. This Philistine.
0: I'll, I'll go. go fight him. I'll have a go.
1: <laughs> and then Saul's like, don't be ridiculous. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's looking at this guy. He, pro- at that stage, he was the youngest. Yep. He was probably still not that tall. He's like right. handsome. already heard about him being handsome. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, but he's he's not a he's not a man of war like it said. Yeah. Pre, I mean, he's, he's yeah. he'd be on the battlefield if he was. Instead, yeah. he's looking after sheep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's nothing that you'd pick him to be the on the front line. Yeah. So, what is it to be
1: Israelite and go to war? You were, is it that you were?
0: There was an age, age period. Was it, there was an age was period. It f- 16? I can't remember something. It's in the law. Yeah, it's in yeah. the law. I know, like,
1: yeah, because I, yeah, I remember talking because people of fighting age when they used to count yes. the Israelites and yes. were counting There's out the tribes. It was men of fighting age. Men of fighting that's age. Great. Yes.
0: Um. So yeah, go don't and look. I that don't up recall in, what the age is, but you're right. Yeah, David. Even if he Exodus has somewhere. reached that, he well for whatever reason he's not on the battlefield anyway. No. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So Exodus will probably name it somewhere. If not, then maybe in the in, in yeah, the law it'll be in or the, somewhere. In the Torah somewhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh. so that's there, and then he. Like there's no way you can fight the field and you'll possibly win. You're only a boy. This is a man of war since his youth. And then Dave's like, like, look, listen to me. And this is where maybe a bit of pride comes out, but maybe a bit of ignorance
0: as well. It could be ignorance. It could be a bit of uh, youthful ignorance yes. and naivety. Because he's just,
1: yeah, like I've taken care of my father's sheep yeah. and goats. Like, you know, what's, what's a nation compared yeah. to my father's sheep and goats? But then he's talking about, look, where there's been lions and bears and when they try and steal from the flock, I go out and I fight them and, you know, like I take them down and I win, I club them to death. Yeah. And it's just like he's just projecting this confidence mm. and probably if you didn't know, if you weren't reading this knowing that this was David, you'd probably go, this is just a cocky young kid yeah, yeah, can yeah. take him on.
0: Yeah, but. Which I often a wonder, which is the biggest miracle be. here, David killing Goliath or Saul letting David go and kill Goliath? Well,
1: that's, I, th- I think it's the second. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's that, like, it's almost like, look, at this stage, none of my people are going Yeah, No one's there. going. I'll yeah. go and sacrifice this young boy if he wants to go out and do it. Yeah. I'll at least give him my mouth, say that I gave him the best chance. I'm yeah, going to give him my armor. Call.
0: Okay, that's Okay. I'm going to give him my armor. I've I'm never thought let about it quite
1: like that, but that's a good way to put it. If he makes, if he, if he makes it. Oh, look, it's I'm a, a genius. It's, it's a win if he it's makes it, and if he if doesn't, well, well, we can say, well, no, the rest of you weren't
0: interested in doing it. So
1: look, this young, like this young boy, he went out and he had a shot. Yep, it didn't happen, but you know what? He was more man than all of
0: you yeah, men, exactly. and yeah. he was just a boy yep. sort of thing. Like so that it's whole, it's a bit of a, w- a potential win-win for Saul. Yeah, yeah good point. Which is, d- it probably illuminates it. that makes actually sense mm. of Saul's heart. Because yeah. Saul, one of Saul's biggest problems, he was incredibly self-focused.
1: Yeah. So yeah. like and. It, and look, and David does say, look, and this is where maybe that youthful exuberance t- and then there, there was a little bit more behind it because when you go into verse 36 and 37, he actually says, sorry if that was my uh, computer making noise behind that. Um, I have, uh, yeah, so when he talks about fighting the lions and bears um, and I'll do it too to this pagan Phil sign. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Finally, Saul finally cons- uh, con- consented. All right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. So it's like he's just like there's this all this energy and it's like he's just sort of said the right thing and then Saul said, okay, maybe there might be a little bit more. Yep, Even if it's like I'm just still like –
0: it, worst case scenario like what you said I still had to do up. a pretty good job of convincing yeah. him to have a go yeah there's there's an there's an authority and a confidence and a yeah a, and a surety about him that none of these other men have that he's definitely attractive I mean yeah. we think about our lives we like that we when when some when you see a person of faith who can go yeah it's really hard but I trust in God in the middle of mm. this that's inspiring yeah it doesn't have to be a person who um you know if there's if there's a narcissistic brashness about it, that's not Pleasant, but somebody who, who has a humility attached to that. And yeah. David, I think David did. I think he, is at this point, he's probably got a youthful brashness, mm. but there's obviously a humility coming out as well yeah. that's that's reliant and trusting in God, and that can be contagious. I like yeah. being around people who I can see. I know your situation, but you, you're mm. clearly trusting God to yeah. see him come through for you. Yeah. I'm inspired by that. Yeah, and that like,
1: uh, like I relate a lot of things to sport, like when you talk about that they always talk about teams having an arrogance. So yes. from the outside in, it looks like arrogance. But from the inside, it's because they're confident on what they're standing on. They're confident yeah. on what they've done and who's behind them and yep. the work that's been done. There's, so there's a confidence. There's a confidence. confidence. Yep. Outside, it looks like arrogance or brashness or youthful exuberance. Mm. But from the inside, for David, he's like, "Look, it's the Lord rescued me. Yeah, yes. I went and did these things. Yeah, but, but it, was it was the Lord. He still it was yeah, still that's God. Great. Good And call. so I think that's that thing where from the outside you could easily and you, can, you know if you could read this and go, "Look, it's you know it's this kid being a bit." You know, yeah, too big for his boots, but it's really is this he's got this confidence in who the Lord is. Um, yeah, so we go through, and so, yep, Saul gave him his armor. Uh, he put it all on and said, I can't do this, no, it's not, too much. Yep. so pretty much Saul tried to give him his protection, so, and David's like, Nah, I don't need your protection, I don't need this. And I've just, he just picked up five smooth stones from a yep. stream, chucked them in his shepherd's bag with his sling in there. And he walks out to fight the Philistine, yep. to fight Goliath. Yep. Amen. Um, before we go for anything else in that, before we go to the next uh, no, part No, keep of that going. That's that? great. Okay, cool. Good, cool. Um, yep. Yeah, so Goliath saw David coming out and just saw this, you know, ruddy-faced boy, this uh, young, and he's like, am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? So he's there with his staff, yeah. with his bag, over his and shoulder his and sling. his sling. Yep. You know, and, and he's like – what, what is this? Like, it, it's almost like that shock to the system. Like, is this kid what, – what, why is this kid coming out? Yeah. He would have heard that they're going to send out their champion. Yeah, that's right. And then this <laughs> kid comes out and he's like, is this your champion? Two like, of these things – one of no, these things this doesn't, doesn't match. Make, like, like this doesn't match. A young I mean boy speaking. and a champion? What? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um. So and then David, does he stand up? You know, you'll have sword and spear and javelin and whatever, but I have the name of – you know, I come in the name to you in the name of the Lord of the Heaven's Armies. Whom you have defied. You have defied. And that's the thing there. He's going out saying that I'm coming out to do with the Lord behind me because you, what you've been saying and strutting in front of the Israelites and saying about our Lord and about us as a nation, you have been coming against God. Yes. And now I'm coming to do to you what you have been saying against our God and what you're going to yeah, do to our it's people. It's almost
0: like he's the instrument of judgment. That yeah. He's the one that the Lord is using to bring judgment on Goliath and the Philistines. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then so... uh Goliath came to attack him, he jinked him, got out his sling, bang, held yeah. it, hit him in the forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead. So, he, you know, he hit the exact right spot and
0: just stumbled, fell face to the ground. Which could may or may not be a miracle. Yeah. Uh, I think we. I remember hearing Stephen Furtick say this, that, you know, we have to think David spent a lot of time on the hill honing his skill. Hmm. And I think that's important for us too, regardless of what our skill is. I say this to musicians all the mm. time, you know, if you can you can just you might be a brilliant musician, but if you just rock up and you just have a laissez faire attitude about it or a preacher or mm. anybody that's doing anything for God, if it's a, just a casual attitude, doesn't matter how gifted you are, God honors the heart and the time. And mm. um and so practice your gift. Whatever that gift is, practice yep. it. Put it, work on it. It's good stewardship to do yeah. that. Yeah.
1: And and I think that here is that he probably, you know, through the lions and bears and any predators mm. that he's had to fight off, he knows one head. If you can hit the right yeah. you can hit the head, hit the head you, you more take often anyone not, you take him down. And then if the you hit the, they right the part, they fall, And you hit the right part of the head, because he would know. Yeah, exactly. Because even animals and humans obviously different, yep. but if
0: you hit the right part of the head, you know that you're probably going to take yep.
1: him down. Yep. And so he's had you that don't opportunity have to, have to have a, learn. A that.
0: medical degree to realise if you hit someone and right in the front of the forehead with a rock, it's going to take yep. him down, doesn't? I mean, you'd just know that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So that's done and then,
1: oh, yeah, the the Philistines see this and like, okay. We weren't um, expecting that. We went here to fight. They were probably sitting – and look, and the, I think that's the thing is that when you – like in this war, form of warfare, very rarely, I suppose, do a lot of them have to fight. Yeah. So they might probably – especially if you've got someone like Goliath there, you're probably not honing your skills. Yep. You're probably not doing in the hard yards. So then you do that and you're like, this little kid took down him. Yep took down our biggest guy. We're in trouble, guys. We're Yeah, like mm. we haven't fought for probably a long time mm. because Goliath mm. has been taking everyone out. Uh, let's go. So yep. they turned and ran. Yep, they did. Um, so, yep, they chased them as far as Garth to the gates of Ekron. Um, now, is there – I didn't really see anything, but you might know. Is there any uh, meaning as to why – those two, like, was there any meaning to those, to those cities or towns why Uh, they they were named?
0: um, Well, they would be two, there's five Philistine towns. So this is actually, these towns are actually in what is the, today the Gaza Strip, lockdown strip on the, on the Mediterranean coast. Garth, Ekron uh, are two of the five. I can't think of the others off the top of my head. Hmm. Um, They talked about in previous, in earlier on in first Samuel, where the whole, um, the Ark gets captured and taken to them. And it goes from town to town to town and causes all kinds of, diseases and things as, as they, um, as the arc moves around. So this would just be two of basically they're saying they basically turned tail and ran back to their home yep. and they chased them all the way back home again. That's probably all you need to see. I don't, yep. I don't mean there might be meaning in the names, but I think that's the point is they ran all the way home and they chased them all the yeah. way home. And yeah. <laughs> go know. on, go run back to yeah. your mum.
1: Yeah. And, pretty, <laughs> and like that's, and like, and that's, and this is where it gets gruesome. Like this, you know, Dead bodies and wounded Philistines yeah. strewn the road. Yes. Um from Shari uh is it Sharaim? Sharaim. 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 Yep. Uh and uh, as far as Garth and Ekron, so like pretty much they've just chased them the whole way. Yep. Uh Israelites returned, plundered the desert Phil- a deserted Philistine camp. Uh and then David took Goliath's head again. They don't name him again. Every time it talks about David's interaction with Goliath. It's just the Philistine. The Philistine. So it's like not giving power to his name. No. And just being like, yep, the Philistine's head uh, to Jerusalem and store the the man's armor in his own tent. So it's like, well, this is my trophy for taking down that man. Yep. Um, And Saul watched David go and do that. And then he asked Abner, the commander of his army, whose son is this young man? So this is where like, well, We've Shouldn't just, he already know that? Theoretically, we've already met him. So that's why the scholars go, I think that the stories are out of linking. Oh, and I, I swear, like I, when I read it before, chapter 16, he also says that he appointed him as his armor bearer. Yes, that's right. So if you don't know what an armor bearer is, means that you're standing by the, side, standing of the, right king, there the side of the pretty king, pretty much holding their yep. armor, their swords, everything yep. else, and helping him get dressed for yep. war and all that sort of stuff. So yep. you, have to, you have
0: to assume this is the f- five year ago yeah. in the story. That, that's that, that this gives, I suppose,
1: credence to that yep. idea. Yep. Uh, and then he yep, came back. Saw Saul, bought him his head and said, and then he just said, tell me about your father, young man. And David replied, his name is Jesse. We live in Bethlehem. Yep.
0: That's about it. Yep. That's it. All right. We're going to move on with the next chapter. Chapter 18. 18. We're going straight there. Yep.
1: Okay, chapter 18, 1 Samuel 18. So this is uh, the first meeting between Jonathan and David. Mm. So Jonathan and David have a very special relationship, uh, intimate bond, it does say in the uh, NLT. Yeah. Uh, and this is one where – I think she says immediate bond. Immediate bond. Oh, sorry, immediate bond. It's because I'm probably reading into it because they talk about how they – Yeah, how close they how were. How close they are. They. Yeah. Pretty much he loves him like he's himself. and. Yep. Sort yep. of thing. So, apologies. Strike that from the record. Um, don't want to make it anyone upset out there. Um, but yeah, so uh, immediate bond between them. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah because in the NRSV it said um, the soul of Jonathan was bound, bound to the soul, to of, the soul David, of David. Yes. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul.
3: Yeah.
0: And that's pretty close. That's like, a, that I think that's a the a only way that. Like, that's right. This is a very. This is a deep kinship that these two. Yeah dudes have with one another. And it lasts yeah. beyond, beyond their yeah. life. Beyond well Jonathan eventually will die. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but it lasts beyond that as the sec, as we get into Second Samuel.
1: Yeah. So that's the and that's the interesting thing here. And like and, and it can be a big talk. Like this is one thing that a lot of people like to focus on is uh is Jonathan and David's um relationship. And I suppose like you have to sort
0: of you have to touch on it. Um, oh is it is it a homosexual relationship. Yeah. yeah. So scholars have uh, back and forward, uh, and and back and forth on that I point. I, 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 think the implication historically mm. is that it it wouldn't have been that. Yeah. Um. It wouldn't have fitted with the culture at the time for, for Jewish people and so on. Uh. But I don't think it needs to be that to not to for it to be a a, a deep relationship, yeah. A, 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 a friendship, a kinship bond. Mm. Um. You know, other ancient cultures. Absolutely, it would have been. Yeah. I think historically in Jewish context at the time it would not have been that. But there's definitely um it's yeah, it's a valid question. It reads yep. like if you know if you didn't know that, you'd read really and yep. go, Oh, that's that's a significant relationship there. Yep. Reads it like
1: that they're you know Yes, yeah,
0: so they're in they're in they're in a, relationship. a lover's relationship. Yep. Yeah. So um but in this context, I don't think that's what's going on. Yeah. And then and it's like well, it's
1: sort of like where you would say well, people that they have such close friendship with someone that they call them their brother. Yes, yes. So it's like if you know, and like a you know, a lot of people will have someone in their life that mm. isn't related by blood. Yep. That they consider
0: to be part of their family. That's right. And yeah. that's I like And that's, people that have been to the battlefield together. Yeah. You know, the whole television series called Band of Brothers. Yeah. Based around that context of when you're on the battlefield with someone, when you when you're in that level where you your life's on the line and you've got others, whether that's brothers or sisters, there yep. will be uh um, you know, there will be a, you know, be a, a bond that it come, that happens in those environments. Yeah, definitely. Uh
1: So so we meet Jonathan and yeah, so immediately they're, they're just, they're close. They're, they're brothers. Uh, and then from that day, Saul just kept David with him, uh, and wouldn't let him return home. So Mm -hmm. from then on, David is a part of the family. Mm -hmm. Yep. Pretty much with even without anything being official at that point, David is still part of the family. So even though that it was promised that he was gonna marry a daughter and all that sort of yep. and become part of the family Yep. nothing can get official nothing but has happened officially. he is no. he is there uh and then Jonathan made a pact with David um, because he loved him mm-hmm. as he loved himself um and they and he sealed that by giving David his his tunic his sword his belt his robe like he gave everything that marks who he is as the son of the king mm-hmm. to David yep so in that point there, it's that signifying of I'm handing over everything that would make me the heir to be the yes, next king, Yes, and I'm handing that to you. Whether yeah. or not that that's implied in what it's being said there, but not that Jonathan would necessarily realize that was, what was happening at that point.
0: No, he certainly does later on. Yeah. Uh, we'll see that in a few chapters' time at some point. Um He, he certainly has that. He's quite comfortable with the fact yeah. that David's going to become – he says, oh, you will be king and I'll be second beside yeah. you. So he's, he's quite prepared to that. Jonathan's a man of great integrity. Yeah. He's one failing. We'll see later on. As he, when he should have been by David's side, he was by his dad's side, yeah. um, where he shouldn't have been, cost him his life sadly. But but he is a man of integrity, definitely all the yep. way through. Yeah. So and then it starts talking about David. So Saul asked David
1: to do something. David did it successfully. So not only did he do it, he followed the king's order. Yeah. He went out and he did it successfully. Yep. So uh, he made him commander over you know men of war uh, and every opponent. Pretty much just took them on and and won the battle. So and then we start seeing the first cracks, I suppose appearing in that yeah in the relationship, relationship yep, uh, which was alluded to in the first chapter we read in chapter 16. Uh, so they're coming back from war victorious. all the all the women of Israel, of the towns of Israel come out to meet King Saul.' Funny enough, they say they're coming out to meet King Saul, but the song might say something a bit different. And mm. uh, their song was Saul has King th- killed thousands and David, he's tens of thousands. Ah Saul. That's it. Very angry straight off the bat. So even though that, I suppose, if you looked at the way that he then sent David out to fight Goliath, he was doing that in a way that then he it would show favor on him by taking the chance on this young boy to go out and do this. Like I chose, da- I I yeah. chose David to go out and do, he, he could he, find he could ways taking the
0: glory for himself if he really wanted to. Yeah, and yeah, so definitely.
1: and then so David's coming out, and so instead of taking as that. Well, one, at least they named Saul first. So they said they've named Saul first in that song. Saul killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And and Saul not seeing it as in that I've killed thousands and then the person who I have given power to to go out and do things on my behalf has yeah, killed exa- tens of thousands. Yeah, exactly. He's just gone, David's killed tens of thousands? Yep. Are you serious? Like are you… Are you th- really giving him giving all the glory? Pr- yeah. Yeah, exactly. And That's why that, he gets angry and insecure. Yeah. And then… Uh, you know, like they give David um, – they give credit to David, the tens of thousands, of me only thousands.
0: Next, they were making him their king, he says. That's right, which is eight. a natural assumption. I was just trying to find it while we were talking there. I can't find it, but um, I've, I've read it somewhere that that, that was a, a common poetic phrase. But it, it, it In its time, it wouldn't have seemed quite as – it shouldn't have seemed quite as confrontatory mm-hmm. as it was. It, uh, I can't find that information now, but, yeah, so the, I think that from – from the, somewhere in the recesses of my brain, mm. the poetic structure was that if you say Saul had done that and David had done th- tens of thousands, that was still supposed to be an honor on Saul honor. that yeah. Saul had appointed. Um, so I'd have to, so th- don't hold me to that. It's just somewhere in the back of my my brain. We won't go there now. Mm. But the, if so, that just is serves to illustrate the, Saul's insecurity all yeah. the more that he still couldn't see beyond. Uh, he was so focused, which is what insecurity does. It focuses mm. us so much on what we're threatened by mm. that we miss the forest for the trees. Yeah.
1: And then I think this is where you could see that. Um, and says so, so from that time, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Yeah. And I th- and that is very much so that you can just sort of see that from this point forward is that David, he's brought David to be a part of his family like his, his son, He's brought his, him in, yeah. His son, he's like another son because his son mm. is like a brother, yeah. Like it's, he, yeah, exactly. He, he can't bring him any closer without him being officially adopted or, or, or marrying
0: or in. into the family as a son in law. So, pretty which much, will he, happen. yeah. So, he yeah. is
1: there, and yet he has chosen to bring him in. He could have said, Yep, no, keep your distance. I could have said, Yeah, I said that, but I'm not going to.
0: And like, he could have,
1: and he's king, and he could have done well, they whatever say, he
0: keep wanted Keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer, yeah. Well, he definitely did. Yeah,
1: so that tormenting spirit of God, from God, sorry, overwhelmed Saul again the next day and he began to rave in his house like a madman and David came and played the harp. Yep. And this is the first of many attempts on David's life by Saul. Yes,
0: it is. Let me me just add here, again, talking about this tormenting spirit because I want to link it back. One of of Saul's biggest problems, i just use, is insecurity. In fact, the, one of the big character traits you can do is you contrast Saul's life with David's life. Mm. Is you contrast Saul is Saul's insecurity, his lack of differentiation, he's who he is, and David who has the he op- has nothing going for him compared to Saul mm. and on the outward appearances, and yet incredibly secure in God. And so that you're intended to see these two set up against each other, and what you see here is. The destructive results of insecurity. It totally consumes us. I have seen insecurity in my own life and in other lives, other people's lives. Do the worst of things. People say the dumbest things. They they do the most weird, mm. outrageous, um, accusor, accusationary things against people. All driven by insecurity. Yeah. It's it's something we must get under control, or we must, with God's help, get under control.
1: Yeah, and that's something without getting too much of a jumping out to a theological thing and jumping away from the scriptures. That's something that very much is that something of the, that not only do we see there, but we see a lot of, well, you probably can think in everyone we've all faced that in our lives. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But it's, you're seeing it probably more and more that people, their insecurities about maybe how they're perceived or whatever will make them say or do really stupid things. You're lashing out. And, um, you know, and go down different pathways Mm. and because Come, all coming out of that insecurity mm. uh, and then hopefully if you li- listen to this that you are either a Christian or a, a person of faith in some way or exploring that and really wanting to find some sort of foundation or yeah. understanding about that is that, and uh, having a strong base, we talk about all the time, there's metaphors throughout the Bible and in other religious texts as well and just in life texts in general mm, mm. through many philosophers that everything comes from a strong base. Yes. If you don't have a strong base, yep. everything falls apart. Yep. And this is the cracks of a, a, of not a strong base starting to get
0: bigger and it, bigger. It causes relational fallout. Yeah. Yep. And, and our true security, if we can find that in Christ and know that uh, John 13, it says – Jesus knew who he was, that he come from the Father and was returning to the Father, so he got up and he washed his disciples' feet. Yep. That, that is a pattern for us. Once we know whose we are and who we are, yep. uh, we understand that we are gods and we are, um, you know, have a call and we know who, he, who we are in him, yep. security will allow us to serve yep. um, rather than be threatened by others. And that's what we're seeing destructing here. And the end result of it, it falls. It, yep. you know, David lives out a mess as a result of that. Yeah. It lives, lives the result of that for the next several years. Yeah. So even though that David
1: was there and he had a, a spear <laughs> yep. at him twice. Got away twice. Yep. Twice. Uh, he still faithfully served Saul and what Saul asked him to do. So uh, Saul, David could see that what he was meant to be doing, what his calling was to do and what the Lord was asking him to do, was to faithfully serve the king. Yep, he was put there. Like he, David uh, says himself, "I'm no, I'm from no one. I'm, I'm a nobody. A, I'm from Bethlehem." And at this point, Bethlehem is a nowhere town a no, for no, no nothing. That's right, it's a little town. It's it's like it's there is no weight in in any of that, any of his lineage lineage at all. So he knows that I'm coming from nothing. All of my coming, like everything in my life is coming from the Lord. Mm. The Lord has placed me here and I'm going to continue to do what, as long as the Lord's got me here doing what I'm doing, I'm going to continue doing it and doing it the best of my ability with the Lord's help. Yep, great. And he continued, David faithfully leads the troops through battle. Uh, He continues to succeed in everything he does for the Lord was with him. Uh, And then Saul recognized this in uh, verse 15 and he became even more afraid of him. And that's the realization right there. So he had that jealous. He kept a jealous eye on him. Yep. And then now he's I'm now afraid. I've gone to a complete fear that he's going to take over everything. Yep. I, and I'm then going to lose it all. Yeah. And then we see that final step happens uh, later in uh, in the in the readings as well. where yep. it comes from, okay, what is that? What is that fear? What is actually that fear? What what started as a jealous eye mm. that became fear? Yep. What is that? And we'll—I don't want to we we'll get there. Up, but that—that's we'll a good there.
0: progression you're talking about. That progression yeah. of insecurity leads to to bad behavior, which leads to absolute fear of, mm. of of being counted as nobody. Yeah, yeah. Almost like Saul saw himself as nobody originally before he was appointed, yeah. and he's afraid of going back there again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Next up, so David, marries Saul's daughter. So it's not the so first up. This is a, the back and forth where. Saul says to David, I'm ready to give you my oldest daughter uh, as wife, but first you must prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. This is an attempt
0: for David to die on the battlefield, basically. So he pretty
1: much just sends him out, pretty much to die. Yeah. If you come back, then you'll be my son in law. He wasn't expecting. He wasn't expecting to come back. And then he gives, before he's even back, he gives his daughter to someone else. Yeah. and, And it just, oh, and then it comes into this,
0: and then he comes back again, and then he. Does well, so Basically, David says, "Oh, look, I don't. I'm not worthy to become the king's. Yeah. I can't afford that. I can't afford the bride price." Which is funny because he'd been offered the king's daughter in marriage anyway. But yeah. I can't afford. It. I mean, you know, he was humble. Yeah. And yeah. so then Saul goes, "Okay, well, you can. I'll have to marry off Merab to somebody else." Yeah. But then finds out about his daughter Mikhail, loving David, and he goes, "Cool. This well, is the way I can bring him in way. again. Let's have another go." Yeah. Oh, just tell him I want a hundred Philistine foreskins. Strange currency. Strange currency. That's a strange (laughs) currency for a bride price. I don't know what you can do with those, Mm. but uh, that's what he goes. And so David goes, easy. I'll go and get a couple hundred of those. Come on, boys. Yeah,
1: no worries. Let's go. (laughs) And so before you knew it, he was back. And (laughs) so Saul gave Michal to David to be his wife. Yeah. So, uh, and then when Saul realized that the Lord was with David, so verse 28, and how much his daughter Michal loved him, Saul became even more afraid of him. And he remained David's enemy, enemy for the rest of his life. Wow. There's and, a
0: psychological progression, isn't there? Yeah.
1: And then there's still and then the there's still another step as well. So yes. it's like it's it, you could just see and it, it's just this continuous step. And I and I like the way and that I'm glad that if you read it and you probably won't even think about it, but if it said that and then David became Saul's enemy, That's right. It, it's it, not it, it never was. And you would
0: expect that.
1: Because you would think that David is bringing yes. all this angst to Saul yes. that David became, it's no. it's
0: like it's Saul became David's yep. enemy because he saw that yep. the Lord was with David. And this is, and yeah, he, let's flip it on its head too. You yeah. would expect that David, after having been treated that way, would lash out. Yeah. One of his strengths is that we don't see him lashing out. Mm. He, he remains, he could, he could have taken the throne. We see a couple of times he could have taken the throne easier, yeah. but he trusts in God to be his provider. Yep. It's, it's a, fascinating character study in how we as followers, how we should treat people who who treat us poorly. Yeah. I mean Jesus would say love your enemies. And David, I wonder if he was even thinking of David as he was saying that because what we're going to see in David's narrative is truly someone who found a way to love his enemies. And He didn't create this enemy, Saul did. He right. never wanted to be Saul's enemy. But hmm. sometimes through no fault of our own, we find people who misunderstand us or, or are threatened by us but we don't fight back. David, by the grace of God, was able to uh, to respond in grace. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's a life lesson for all of us. Yeah, definitely. All right, we still we carry on. Are we go to the next chapter. Is that where we head, or yeah, do we yep. skip? We're not skipping any today. No, 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 no. We on to nineteen. Nineteen. Okay.
1: Chapter 19, uh, and a familiar phrase comes up as the title for this chapter. And we know how much I love titles. I'm going to keep saying it. Saul tries to kill David. Well, it's already happened a few times, but it's going to continue to happen. Uh, And it gets stronger and stronger. It's not just a small thing every time that this one, Saul now urged his servants and his son, Jonathan, to assassinate David. Mm. That is the first line. So we've gone from... In verse twenty-nine, so the second last verse, saying Saul became even more afraid of him. In verse eighteen, um, and he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Two, for chapter one, uh, chapter nineteen, verse one. Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. Yeah, now that's a big step. That is. It's that's not just having this the the evil spirit sent from the Lord to torment him. This is now full blown. It's it, this is like. His whole life now. Oh, totally. His whole life now is that... He's completely obsessed. He's he's not... He's no long... He... Uh, at this point, whether he knows it or not, in his mind, he is not thinking or acting or even considering himself to be the king. He is the enemy of David. Yes. That's it. Totally yes. from now on. Yep. That's Saul seems himself, His title. Like you, you can give yourself a powerful ways to give yourself titles in your life. Mm. He's given himself the title of the enemy of David. Yeah. He's not like the king. Like he could be, as we said earlier, he could be so much more focused on doing, doing what's right and, and doing what's right. Yes, exactly. He, he's now dedicated his life to yep. be the enemy. Yeah.
0: And he's dragging, his Everyone. family and friends and everybody into it. And they're all chasing him. We're going to get to that point probably, you know, we're going to get to it probably with Phil in the next mm. episode. He gets to the point where ultimately it's going to lead him to destroy an entire village of priests because, I mean, it's, yeah. this is next level, yeah. destructive violence that began with, I'm a bit jealous about him. I'll keep a close yeah. eye on him. Jealous eye. And he didn't deal with that. And it just perpetuated to the point where it just became absolute mm. havoc
1: and it, and it's crazy is it? where you that where you place your eye where what the things that you that you keep in focus in your life yep. that's where you're going to head yep. and that will cause yeah.
0: destruction on our own hearts and if, look folks if if a desire to, to you know sin you think i'm okay sin has ramifications in other people's lives yep. and that should be enough of a um a motive i don't want to destroy my family mm. if i do this i'm going to destroy those around me, that should be enough of a motivation in and of itself to not want to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And and someone
1: who, like, I don't ride motorbikes, um, but I, someone who, who does, uh, and fairly regularly, they gave me this analogy, which I've, it's just stuck with me forever is that when you are riding a, well, any bike, if you're riding just even just a normal standard BMX or road bike or whatever, all the way through to, you know, a motorbike, if you, when you're, whatever you focus on is where you go. Yep. So if you see a pothole coming up on the road and you focus on that pothole, you are hitting that pothole. You've got to go around it, haven't you? You have got to. You focus on the road ahead and then you can then take in the fact that, okay, well, where I've got to go to avoid that pothole and I'm keeping my – that you will be able to then avoid that. And that's what Saul never
0: did. No. And
1: as soon as that eye got on David, uh, that ruddy, beautiful eyes, handsome, rugged man – David, or boy at that point, and becoming a man, uh, he just couldn't keep his eye yep. off him, but not right. not in a way that was favourable. No, that's for right. Anyone. Good call. Okay, so the assassination plot <laughs> tomorrow morning. So uh, Jonathan came and told him uh, what his father was planning. So it's funny that Jonathan still stands by his father. Mm-hmm. We'll see this through here, and and it, maybe it's a fault of Jonathan, and because he. As much as the, you can see, the way he loves David, he also loves his father. Yeah,
0: I think that's right. I think he wants so he he, loved, hoped, to he, held, he held out a hope that maybe he could convince his dad yeah. of the error of his ways. But yeah. sadly, I think he that never did. He's he, You could sort of see
1: up until uh, later on where we can see where he says where he really where David says, "Look, have a conversation with your father, and you come back and tell me if he
0: responds this way, he's gonna yeah he's gonna kill me. If not." And that's when it front okay. The this penny drops is, at that point. So, so there's an so this story is repeated later on when this time around he's heard about it and he, he wants to protect David. Later on he, hmm. he maybe things have changed and he thinks that Saul's not doing that anymore. Yeah. Saul's improved. You turn over a leaf. Well clearly he hadn't and, done. Yeah. Yeah. That's a few chapters down the track.
1: Yeah. So um, so you must go and hide tomorrow morning. You must go and hide. I'll ask my father to go out. Um there with me and I'll talk to him about you. Like pretty much I'll just smooth things over, you know, I'll just ease, calm him down. It'll be okay. So he spoke to his father, told pretty much just gave David a glowing recommendation. And then he said, the king must not sin against his servant, David. Uh, he's never done anything to harm you. He's always helped you in every way he could. Like it's just this glowing yeah, it's, reference it's pretty good reference David to it, is. Isn't it? Yeah. Like have you forgotten about the time he risked his life with the Philistine giant? Like – you know, he went and he he saved yeah. not just the like, not just kill the giant, but he saved all of those men yes. from having to fight. And you,
0: yeah, come on, Dad, come on, like
1: just you know, think about it. Get with the program. And how the Lord brought a great victory to Israel as a result. Uh, you're certainly happy about it. Then
0: why would you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason mm-hmm. for that at all. And he seems to have convinced yeah. Dad at least, which is what what we do. Sometimes we see the error of our ways, but if we don't deal with the deep issues at the core. We find our, a dog returns to its vomit, mm. uh, proverb says a, a sow that is washed goes back to wallowing in the mud. I think that's what we see here. We see yep. there's part of him. I talked about this on the sin podcast with Jean. There's part of Saul that still wants to do the right thing. He, mm. he, he gets this moment where he goes, "Yeah, I'm being ridiculous here. Yeah. I'm gonna." And he's another time he'll do it too when David um, talks to him across the ravine, and he, yeah. he says, "Okay, I'm wrong. You're right." Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. part of him wants to do the right thing, but this, this sin, this insecurity has attached itself to his sinful nature. And it's just dragging him back yeah. into this, um, into this obsessive jealousy yeah. time and time again. It's that title that he gave himself as, yes, as David's You can't enemy. shake free from that. You just can't You can yeah. see
1: that, oh, hang on. No, David, isn't my, like he goes, oh no, David, there's yeah. so many good things for me. Okay. I, I've, i, I yeah, no, you I've seen the error in my ways. And then he says, as surely as the Lord lives, David would not be killed. Yeah. And then that title just takes hold of him again. Yep. That's right. Enemy Before of David. We know back Enemy there of again. David. Yep. And it just comes back again. That's right. So, yep. So, Jonathan, it's this cycle. Jonathan then said, you're all good. Uh, war broke out again. David led the troops against the Philistines. It all looks like it's going all well good again. again. Yep. And then Saul singing home with a spear in hand, tormenting
0: spirit comes from the Lord. And then suddenly, bang, boom, he, goes he tries th- to go again. And I think the writers want you to see the repeated pattern. Yeah. They they wouldn't have to tell you this. They could have just told you, um, it told you once. Oh yeah, Saul used to regularly try and attack David. So when you see a repeated pattern, you need to see the authors are wanting you to See. See that. Yeah. And to really it's building tension. Yeah. It's this whole thing of he looks like he's going to come good. No. Yeah. And they want you to think that. And they want you to put yourself in the story and go, oh, sometimes I, I, I do well. Romans 7, we talked about it mm. in a previous podcast with Jeannie too, the same sin podcast. It's like, I want to do the right thing, but I keep doing the wrong thing. Yeah. That's the pattern that we're supposed to be seeing here played out in Saul's life. Yeah.
1: And yeah. and it's pretty much the cycle of his life and all his and David's relationship for – ever, pretty yeah. much, uh, until it comes to an end. Uh, so then uh, David's wife, Saul's daughter, steps in and uh, and helps him out again and lets him know that you're in trouble again. Uh, I will try and cover for you. Uh, tr- just get out of here. Um, and then when Saul said, like, what's going, you know, where, where is he? What, you've betrayed me. Yeah, you've betrayed me. Like now his, now, now his, now his son's the enemy as well. Yeah. Oh, is that oh, his sorry, daughter. This is Mikael. Yeah, Mikhail. yeah. And she, she's the enemy as yeah, well. Like, you've let my enemy escape. Like, yeah. it, he doesn't say let David escape. He no, said you oh, let yeah. my enemy escape. And there it is yeah. again. And then he's, and she goes, to cover herself. Like, mm. I had to. He threatened to kill me if I didn't help yeah. him. And it just showed that, like, the dedication. She could see that my, like, that dad's in a place where yeah. I'm going to lose my husband yeah. and my father yeah. if I allow this to happen. Yeah.
0: Or if I let it, and if I tell him I let him run away, I'll lose my life. So, yeah. cause I don't know what dad's going to do. So yeah, yeah. It, the, the fallout of this, um, of this yeah. sin is drastic. Yeah. And you can see that Mikhail,
1: uh, where Jonathan found it hard cause she, he could still see the good in, in his father. Mm. Mikhail, she I think could. at that point she could see that she, and, and that, when you would leave your father and mother and come together, she could see that I'm now with David. Yeah, that where Jonathan still being still, the male, still, still being to dad. To dad. Yeah, yeah, good. Where yeah, she's just gone. Great little you psychological, are my psychological analysis but, on this story. Yeah, yeah, I'm with David. Yeah. Uh, so yep, David escaped, went to uh, to Samuel, um, and where it all sort of started, where and told him about Saul. So Samuel took him in, say so live with me. And then once Saul found out, he said, send troops. This is yeah. <laughs> I love this part. So he sends troops to capture him. Uh, but when they arrived, they saw Samuel leading a group of prophets in verse 20 uh, who were prophesying the spirit of God came upon, upon Saul's men. And they also began to prophesy. When Saul heard that, he sent more troops and they prophesied too. And then the third time, for finally, Saul, Saul just goes, goes, goes himself. himself yep. And he said, where's Samuel and David? Um, and that's, like it's just yet yeah, that God, you, it's just like God saying you're sending these people, and they start prophesying. Mm. Like they start like God come, like the Spirit comes yeah. upon them. Like yeah. the Lord gives them favor. They start prophesying. Yeah. Like being a prophet isn't a normal thing for everyone. No, and they're no. they're sitting there prophesying,
0: yeah. and it's just like well. It's a bit tongue in cheek, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, come on, mate. You how really many times fight against God on this one?
1: Yeah, it's like you even have seen that. You even said yourself, "It's come from your own mouth that you saw the Lord's favor on David." Yet yeah. yeah, yeah. you're still trying. Yeah. 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 So that's and then yeah, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then David and then yeah. Saul ends up prophesying and oh, oh, let me just draw attention yeah. to what prophesying means there. Yeah. Because you're thinking, hang on, he's laying ground round naked all day and night you know, it's well, not what prophets are supposed to do in our time. Hmm. Uh, I think the w- the word prophesying there um, it has to do with uh, an ecstatic, uh, exuberant sense of God's presence that causes, you know, it's quite overwhelming. It's the weighty. We talked about the cobalt of God, the weighty presence of God. Hmm. And so um, prophets would often uh, act things out and, and experience fe- and feel God. And so, this is what's what you're supposed to have. Don't worry about dissecting this isn't we we think prophecy is like, you know, we watch enough television shows and we mm. think we think prophecy is all foretelling into the future, you know, thus mm. saith the Lord stuff. That's not yeah. really what prophecy is. Even in even in the new Testament, It's testicles. just a glimpse of
3: yeah, part yeah. of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, even in the New Testament, and, and certainly in the Old Testament, mm. the prophets of the Old Testament, they, we think about them prophesying about Christ in the future. They mm. did, but most of their prophecy was, was a declaration and a reminder of what God had done. So I yeah. think what, what's going on here is that these guys, you're supposed to see that exactly what you just said, that they, they've they come on a mission. They've been sent on a mission. Now, I'm sure the guys didn't really want to do it. Mm. But they've been sent on a mission, and ultimately Saul comes himself, and it's just God's way of saying you're on your own mission, but it, this isn't going to work. I am going to protect David and I'm going to show you the error of your ways. And even in that experience, maybe just in the experience of sensing my presence, maybe yeah. you'll wake up to yourself, Saul. Yeah. Yeah. Swallow it, he doesn't. but Yes, that's right. <laughs> but that, again, like that's
1: the again, where we have to be, and thanks for explaining that out, um, that we have to understand that when we're reading this is that we need to get Sometimes a bit of a broader context of what is actually happening there, mm. other than just from our own understanding. Yes, because like if say if you're from a Pentecostal background, yes. you might go, okay, that sort of sounds like you know, um, you know, when the, you know, when spirit, the spirit falls people and fall people start falling, yeah. you know, speaking tongues. If you're from a yeah. very charismatic Pentecostal background, yeah. then, or if you're you know not, you maybe from a more traditional background where. You know, people have words of knowledge for people mm, mm. and things like like People think of those sorts of things as prophecy. Yes. Like yes. in our culture yeah. because we're we're not as in tune with the spirit as what no, Eastern as, cultures as are even cultures in modern were. times. That's right. Even, but then yes, if we correct. go back to now, like go back to this period now that we're reading from, is that we're light years away from that. Yeah. Like we're
0: literally 2,000 years that. God, God, God <laughs> was intimately involved that. in all yeah. areas of their life. And I think you have to wrestle with the fact that something is tangibly happening. So for yeah. for those that – you know, this, this is one of those scriptures, if you want to deny the fact that you can experience God, you have to do something with this scripture. Yeah. And there's a couple of scriptures in the Old Testament. This is one of them mm. where it does seem like God's presence shows up mm. and there is something um, quite overwhelming about that. Yeah. And I think I can read into that. that, that is, I've experienced that. It doesn't mean that it's always like that, but I can experience where I feel like I'm on my knees or I'm on the ground mm. and, and I'm overwhelmed by the presence of God. And that's what I think is happening here. Yeah, you feel a weight like you.
1: Like I've I've had I've yes. had that too. I've been sitting in a massive auditorium, and again, mm. we talked about music, and mm. uh, yeah, I was at a conference, and you know, someone was up there playing, and I'm there by myself. I don't know anyone else who was in there. All the people I was with were doing other stuff, and yeah, just I just like, overwhelmed by yeah. that presence of God. Yeah, no, like nothing else. And that's right. And that and like and that can happen. Yep, and, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that's yeah that example of that there is this. It was just this, God's here, like, I'm going to show you what is what is truly happening here. Like, they're prophesying, they're feeling this weight of God. It's just like, well, why would God be showing up here, right here, right now? Why mm. is he doing it? It's yeah. not as much of what he's doing in that moment. It's why is he doing it's it? It's why he's doing it. Yes, that's and right. Then and it's, he's
0: trying to arrest yeah. them from their destructive path that they're on. And, and they showing that, hey, I've got my favor on David. Yeah. And the story continues. Go yes. on, it goes on another chapter. So let's continue with this uh, this Saul pursuing David narrative. Yep.
1: Hey, 1 Samuel chapter 20. Uh, the last chapter... In 1 Samuel that we'll be looking at in today's podcast. Uh, And yeah, we'll just stick with the titles. Jonathan Helps David. And I think that's probably an understatement. Um, (laughs) Saves David might be better. So this is uh, a fairly long chapter. Um, Probably. We won't have to do it all. We can just. We won't have to do it all, but we'll just have to sort of summarize through. Um, So you'll have to jump in here in case I skip bits. Because I'm going to try and condense it as much as possible. Yep. Uh so he David fled from there because Saul came in and he's just gone yeah I'm getting out of here he knows I'm here and he found Jonathan and then he's like Jonathan bro what have i done yeah like what have i done what crime have i committed what have i how have i offended your father what why is he determined to kill me and he's like Jonathan's like no no, no that's not true
0: that's not it bro and it's just it's like
1: he's not like you're not going to die he always tells me everything and he, every minute detail about what's going on and what he's thinking,
0: and he doesn't want to kill you. It's and, D- okay. and then Dave goes, yeah, but the reason he's not telling you is because he doesn't want to upset your feelings. Yeah. yeah, but he's still got a mission. So that's – and that and that's so that,
1: that you can see that tension that Jonathan is holding there is that in at this point, he's probably a step away from understanding the truth, and we'll find that out uh, as we go forward but he's still holding on to that the, the that glimmer of hope the glimmer of hope that his father is the man that yep. I know him to be yeah, or
0: he or who could he be. was yep that's and right who he could be yep. but uh and the and fact look, Saul that he allows... saw wasn't bad right at the beginning i mean oh, no. he he he, he well, went he did on did have God's favor. Yes, exactly. And he in his early his first few couple of early encounters as king he did pretty well. Yeah. Um, but he just perpetuated downwards because of his insecurity. Yep. Yeah.
1: And so uh, yeah, so David's like, okay, we've got the new the the new moon festival coming up. You know that it's a big occasion. I will be sitting there, my seat will be vacant if I'm not there. Yep. So here's the test. Yeah, let's check it out. Let's, let's check it out works. and see. Let's see. Like it, ooh, is if what you're saying mm. about your father is true that he doesn't want to, I'm happy to I'm happy to wear that, David says. I'm happy I'm yep. happy to be wrong. Yep. I'm just trusting with what's going been in front of me so far. Yeah. But I'm happy to be wrong but Jonathan, you have to understand that you may be wrong here at this point. So he's like, okay, and Jonathan agrees. So they set up a little thing of, okay, at the dinner, when your father notices that I'm not there and he asks why and go and tell him, um, let me find Dad
0: basically called me back to Bethlehem for a special party. Yeah, for a special feast or whatever. My brothers wouldn't let me not be there and all that sort of stuff.
1: And if he responds with – Okay, cool. that's no worries. Uh, go, understand that. Yep. Then you know that he doesn't want to kill me. But if he rises up in anger and you know that he's, he's after, after, me. after me. Yep, that's right. Uh, and so they said, okay, and then Jonathan comes up with this elaborate thing with, I'm going to shoot arrows out and if I tell him, you know, yep, I'm going to take a armadillo with me, or, yeah, yeah, a he, little
0: page boy. And then when I say,
1: when I shoot the arrows and he gets there, and I say, come back. That's my word to you that it's safe to come. Uh, if I say, no, keep going further, then that's me telling you, you've got to go, you've got to run, yep. you've got to leave. Um, so the plan. So the first day Saul's like, oh, you know, maybe he was, David was ceremonially unclean. That's why he's not here today. He's doing the right thing. Uh, day two rolls around of this uh, this feast, this festival, and he's like,
0: hmm. Still not here. Still not
1: here. What's going on? And this is where you can see the fears just like yeah. ramping up. Uh, and so he's like, why hasn't, he doesn't even call him David. <laughs> the son of Jesse. Why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for a meal either yesterday or today? And Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked me if you could go to Bethlehem. Please. And he said, please let me go uh, for we're having a family sacrifice. My brothers demand that I be there. So let me go get, see my family. Uh, and that's why he isn't here at the King's table. And as you guessed it from the cycle that's been having so far, Saul Boiled with rage at Jonathan. You, can I, I'm reading the The Bible. The NLT, is it you reading? I'm reading the NLT. NLT. You stupid son of a whore. He swore at him. Do you think, I do not know know what you, that you want him to be king in your place? Shaming yourself and your mother, who he just called a whore. Um, Um, Doesn't say a lot for him, does it? No. As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. And then Jonathan asks, but why should he be put to death? What has he done? And then so, uh, Saul. So at that point, up until that point, Jonathan's been able to talk him talk round. Talk him around, yes. And he started that. Like, what has he done to yeah. be put to death? This time Saul done what he did to David every yeah, other so time. when you
0: get a spear thrown at you, you think maybe, maybe my maybe chance of winning it. my dad over haven't uh, happened. That's why all threw the spear at da- Jonathan then.
1: Yeah, and then so Jonathan left the table in fierce anger, refused to eat uh, that second day of the festival uh, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behaviour towards David. Do you ever
0: stop and think about what it must have been like for the other guys sitting at the table? <laughs> thinking... If he's doing that to his son. Yeah, we're, we better we're behave. In trouble. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly.
1: And uh, so I'll just... Before we go through and talk about what happens from here forward, it's the that cycle and that fear. So it was the jealousy and the fear crept in to becoming labeling himself as the enemy yep. of David to the point of you will never be king, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. That's the fear. That's the strong fears that yep. my, my legacy linea- my legacy, my lineage yeah. will not yep. be
0: king. And you, like, and you are yeah. happy to give that away. Yeah, and that's the point. It's actually – it looks like he's saying he's looking out for his son. He's actually not. No, he's, he's looking out for himself. He's looking out for himself because he, he's, he's not a success. No. In their culture, if Jonathan doesn't succeed him as king, mm. at the end of his dynasty, he was a nobody. Yep. And so, yes, he's completely self-absorbed. Yeah, and because he
1: would have not – like because all the – you know, and we read it in the history of kings, like a lot of kings rise and fall mm. and, you know – the good old, if you ever read through Kings, they did good in the eyes of the Lord. They did bad in the eyes of the Lord. And you'll just read the cycle through how many did good and how many did bad, unfortunately. Most of them were bad. Most of them were bad. There was an occasional good one. There was a couple that did a bit of both. Um, But we come through and just Jonathan at this point is, he knows. Yeah. Okay, this is who my father is. Unfortunately for Jonathan, it still doesn't uh, work out the best for him, but we'll come to that in a different podcast. But... Jonathan goes out and does what he agreed. Uh, goes out into the field, shoots the arrows, and sends the, the signal p- to let Dave signal, know. No, David, no. Dad's not on your side. You were no. right. Yeah, you need to go. And then, even though they did this fancy, elaborate signal, they still embraced each other. So yeah. that was
0: weird. Like, why? Yeah. just walk out into the field and, <laughs> and yeah, tell exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. Why not go and tell him anyway? <laughs> but I think the depth of pain. Yeah, I think it's just they yeah. know that they're potentially never going to see yes, each other that's again. That's right. Yeah, he's going to have to leave country. Yeah,
1: so. Uh, Jonathan said to David, "Go in peace, uh, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever." So it's not just this bond that they have. They're, it, this is something that he's like our children will hold. This. this is generate. This. Yes. this is a relationship yes. that is we are family. Yes. We are brothers. Our children will forever
0: yep. hold this together, and yep. and that's what yep. what. Jonathan could have had, yeah, and that's what David will grieve later. Yeah, the loss of that. Yeah, and David tr- does try to rectify that in yes, later chapters. He as does. Well. He does. He tries to. Um, he actually shows kindness to Mephibosheth, who's John, one of Jonathan's sons. Yeah, yep. just yep, remember right. that one off the top of the head. There you go. Yeah, very good. See well, you, that's one. <laughs> your degree in Bible college paid for itself. Yeah, it comes right up there. occasionally. Um, yeah. <laughs> we actually uh, just for a bit of a joke, Pastor Jeff preached on Mephibosheth on Sunday here, as just before listening to this, and he was trying to come up with a name for him. He called him Mo. <laughs> He said, we could have called him Meth. Probably not. Didn't think that no. Meth was a good name to call him. And I said, what is his daughter's name? Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Sorry, folks. You right. thought your pastor was squeaky uh, clean, but yeah. no, I've got a sense of humor. Um, <laughs> humor. Dad jokes. Yeah, dad joke. Yeah. So uh, that's the end of where we're going to go in, David. We're going to we're going to head into the New Testament yeah. for the rest of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah. So we're going to head over to the book of
1: Acts. Yep. Um, so we'll head over there now. Yep. Here we go. Acts chapter three. We're jumping into the New Testament now and really diving into something maybe for a lot of people might be a bit more familiar. Um, a lot of people listening to this have probably read the book of Acts, even if it's only chunks and they probably know a lot of the stories better than what the story, well, in more detail possibly yeah. than they would know the the stories through that we just read through Samuel. Uh, they would have known the story of David, but maybe That's not right. in that detail. Yep. So... It starts starts off with them coming in, uh, and they heal the crippled beggar. So we um, this is immediately following on from the day of Pentecost, Acts yeah. chapter two, which we've done earlier in the year. But yeah. that's, and that's what I was going to share out earlier. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't have to go back to that now because uh, I think we covered off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we start with the, the healing of the crippled beggar, and now so they go in and do that. And so that's the first uh, 11 verses of this chapter. So I don't necessarily want to focus on the crippled beggar healing to begin with, Mm -hmm. um, because I think that it literally is similar to the other healings that do happen throughout, whether it's the whether it's the apostles or whether it's Jesus, the New Testament healings. It's someone who needed healing, or sometimes are asking for something else, and then Mm. they got the healing. Yeah, got the healing. Yeah. So in this case they go and get the healing. So they go out to the temple in the afternoon, take part of the three o'clock prayer service, and then there's the man there, the man that's always there. It's a man who Jesus would have walked past many yep. times too. So yes. this man would have been known to everyone. And yes. they do say that along the time. Like, you know who this person is. Like, mm. it's it's the the man who's been crippled whole life sitting there. Yeah. Begging. So what I find interesting in which is that where people have been caught up because, again, it's reading in context. We go to verse 12 where it starts off where they go to the temple. So this is they go to the temple, they pre they heal the man just outside the temple yep. on the way to the temple. And it says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Now, a lot of people read that and go, oh, he just saw this man. He's healed him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm going to use this opportunity to, do, to, to talk. Right. To say that that is a very simplistic look at it is probably true. I, I, You can push back on me if you want, so I'm going to throw something out. So then we look back at chapter 2. Mm-hmm. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, the breaking of the bread and the prayer. They met together every day. They had this signs and wonders going on everywhere, and then they were together in one place and shared everything they had. But then it says in verse 46, they worshipped together at the temple each day. Yep. They So every single day they saw this man. So this isn't a chance meeting. This is something that Peter knew Mm. was going to happen and he was going to use this to happen. And it was this day. Yep. This was the time for it to happen. Yep, I'm tracking with you. And so that's where I think that a lot of people see this and like they look at a lot of the healings as, oh, it was just opportunistic happen and I'm going to use it for because that's what Jesus did. He didn't necessarily Ah, plan like he, you know, Jesus might did. have known yes. that that was going to happen. He might have known. But he you t- took the opportunity that was placed before him uh, to, to heal because there was someone that needed healing. Someone yep. was brought to him to get healed, Yep, whatever. And he then he used that to teach. Yes. Where yep. Peter's not Jesus. Peter's not God. Like he is not – he saw an opportunity and he was just like, oh, this might be something that – he like it's like this formula, this thing ticking his head. This crippled man, this crippled man, like he sees him every day, yep. he probably becomes that second thought, sees him from time to time. But then in this opportunity here, where he would have asked for money how many times? Yeah, that's right, for constantly everything. asking for
0: arms. Yep, this day, by the way, I mean, arms, A L M S. I yep. mean, he's crippled. He yeah. just yeah. He's, he's, well, um, he actually had his arms, he I mean, had it his it wasn't, arms, he needed his legs. legs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So. That's arms for the poor. What about your legs? <laughs> sounds like a Monty, Monty
1: Python, <laughs> Python yeah. <laughs> Um, you're all individuals. I'm not, um, <laughs> Phil enjoy that one. Um, so we get to this point here and that's what I just wanted to stress that point because a lot of time is that we can read a lot of these things because then when we go into our life and we're just like, Oh God, just place something before me. And then like, and just like, we want to be like you and play something before me and, and, and help me to make something happen. How how long had he been seeing uh, this we, man yeah, at the gate yeah, every single going. day? Come on, this is good. And you didn't think that he thought that we could heal this man? Mm. And then it's they've just come out of Pentecost. Yep. All this amazing, it's stuff happening. miraculous, miraculous things, happen. things are happening. We go to the temple every single day. Mm. Oh,
0: come on, keep let's, going. Let's let's get the what Sum about this down. man? What can we learn I from can this? Use this?
1: Sometimes God's doing amazing things. Things are happening. And you can just take the opportunity and be like, hey, hey, let's go do this. He would have known for a long time, this man, we can do something with this man. Yep. There's a plan. There's something. It's not a spontaneous spur of the moment. No. I'm going to heal. I'm going to, God, let's, let, let's do something together. Let's heal this person. It's. I've got an idea here that's been brewing and I'm pretty sure it's from you. Yep. There's going to be an opportunity come forward. And I'll be ready And I'm ready for that opportunity. Yep. And it's not a it's like God, I'm ready for any opportunity. Yeah. I'm ready for this opportunity. Yes. This yeah. is gonna so happen. He has
0: targeted his faith. It's like the yep. woman. Oh, this is so good, Jimmy. It's like the woman who who goes, if I can just touch yep. the hem. This she knew. Yep. This she is, was focused on was all focused I had to do was thing. touch,
1: yep. and it will happen. She yep. had that faith. And then and Peter here is like, We're gonna heal this man yep. and something's gonna happen. Yeah. And great. I and you just tell me when,
0: God, and and so life, this and is this is an awareness and a readiness, yep. and I'm I'm tuned in and I'm yep. ready to go, Lord. And I'm you know it's it's a mixture between um, between a fatalistic thing of going I don't have to do anything; it's just yep. it'll all, God will just do it all in His time, which isn't yep. healthy because God expects us no. to partner with Him. But it's that sense of partnership. It's not yep. like I'm just going to do it on my schedule. I'm going to yep. be in tune with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go, led yep. by the Spirit when there's an opportunity to heal or bring mm. freedom into someone's and the spirit of God's presence is there, yeah, I'm ready, Lord. Yeah. So this isn't, this isn't a chance
1: occur, chance meeting. No. Because if very easily you could just go, oh, this is the first time they saw this. Yeah, man. that's
0: right. But everyone knows this. But too. everyone knows this man.
1: Yeah. So you like, so if you just sort of skipped over that, like you might've. Yeah. So they know yeah. this man, this man's been there a long time. They could have done this. How many times over? Yes. Jesus could have done it. Jesus that. could have done yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. But. This was the time for it to yeah, happen. that's great. This and was the they Kairos were, moment. They were ready, and yep. like, and they weren't ready for any opportunity. They were ready for this exact opportunity. Yep. They knew that this was going to happen. That's great. At some point, good point. How that exactly was going to work out, they they didn't necessarily know what might have come from it. They probably
0: just definitely probably so didn't know. So let's, let's but condense this thought down into mission, vision, mm. calling uh, on our lives. We. You, know, we might, you might have a, might have be listening to this and you've got a sense. You've had a sense. Maybe you've had a prophetic word over your life. Maybe you've mm. got this sense that God wants to do something in you or through you, not just for you, but for the purpose of his kingdom. Mm. What do we do with that? Yep. What, what do we do with that? Well, I think this this point you're making here is we stay tuned in. We go, God, I trust you. Today might not be the day, but I want to walk in lockstep with you. When you're ready, I'm ready. Yep. Uh, it's kind of Nehemiah principle around building the wall. He, he hears that he, he hears that the walls, in this is the in the Old Testament, the story of Nehemiah, he hears that the walls are in disarray and his heart is moved to do something. Mm. But he he can't see away. But he's ready to go and he's praying about it. And so sometime later, he appears before the king. He's the cupbearer to the king and the king says, hey, Nehemiah, what's up, mate? You don't look real happy today. And he goes, and then it says, with a breath, with a prayer to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I, he said to the king, my king, um, I'm, I'm upset because the city, the walls of my, my heritage city are in disarray. King says, what would you like me to do about it? And, and he goes, well, actually with another prayer, what I'd like to do about it is I'd like to go there and I'd like to be resourced to build the walls. And what it shows me in that story was that he had spent time prepping and planning that vision and waiting for that moment of opportunity. Hmm. If the king had have said, what do you want to do, Nehemiah? And he had have gone, oh, I haven't really thought about that, O king. Uh, could I just give me a month and I'll get back to it? The king that, is that's gone. It's gone. So he was ready at a moment when God was prompting him. And friends, I think for us, it's we have a calling, we have a passion, you're praying for a loved one or a work colleague, mm. and you're you're the missionary to that person or whatever it might mm. be. Be ready and look for those openings and, ex, and and be tuned into the Holy Spirit. And when they are, that's when you step in.
1: Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And wow. I could and that's and that I think that's the the thing here, because like mission and like, I didn't exactly know where I was going. So that's good. I was prepared and I was ready to go, but I didn't know exactly where I was going with that point in terms of how I was going to link that exactly with mission. But I was thinking that the fact is that being targeted yes, is a lot of time is that, uh, evangelism and mission can get bundled together. Yeah. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're different. That's right. Yeah. Like they, they go hand in hand, but sometimes that. You're going to evangelize. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to do mission. You're going to do mission, and sometimes, it's all gospel. Yeah, it's it is. It yeah, is. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the thing is, when we are we, we term mission as in you know care for the poor or whatever, yeah. that is gospel. Yeah, and that is often that benchmark that brings people to Christ. But it's being ready in t- in season and out of season to yeah. give that response, so you're ready to go when hmm. when the door opens up. We're going to see that in the next couple of stories. There's yeah. there's moments. That just God just opens the door on the Ethiopian mm. and and Saul and uh, we're going to see that mm. it's it's just being tuned in enough to the Lord, yep. to know when to go and and also when not to go. I mean, yeah. if you're praying for an uh, extended family member and you're. A, at a party with them, mm. sometimes it's not the right season. You no. Sometimes it's just like you have to walk past the blo- the, the yeah. crippled man because he's not ready. She's not ready at that mm. point. But if you can be tuned into God you, and you look for those openings, you see he looked down at him, mm. he saw that he had, there's another story where Paul says that he looked at the man and he saw that he had faith to be healed. Bang. Mm. So it's it's that partnership arrangement with yeah. God. That's how we do mission. And it's to do that is actually less confronting. But it's also, I think, for, except for the few people in the world who are just natural evangelists who talk to anybody about Jesus and it somehow mm-hmm. works, I'm not one of those people, no, and I, I get intimidated by that. But I can do this. I can be tuned into the Lord and look for those openings and and when someone says something that leads the conversation in a certain direction, I can be ready. Yeah, and I can share, and that's that's not hard. No, it's the whole broach a subject completely cold that can be hard
1: to do. Yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah. and this is where this one like so something like this is the. Something was placed on his heart. Like something was placed. The spirit said that this man, that you see every day, there's something's going to happen with this man. Yeah. And you like, I want you to lock in on. him. I want him. you to be ready. And I want you to be ready. And all this stuff's happening. All this preparations happening. There was no. Oh, hey, do you want to bring that man from the city in here and he, we can heal him? It yeah. was no, 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 like something's going to happen. We're gonna, we're gonna make it happen. And Great. God's going to be with us, and He will show us the right time. And I think that's the, something to that speak to us. Is that I think even outside of even just personal mission, like for this one slightly personal, but turn into a broader Yeah, is that I think there's probably leaders um that are sitting there looking at ministry opportunities that are looking at maybe trying to find breakthrough in some sort of area to make something that they know that God's placed in their heart that's gets in there for yeah. a long it might time. Might be a department leader or a connect group leader and you're just thinking along these lines too. Okay. Yeah. And it's like they could see like someone's gonna like this person's going to rise up and yeah. take this spot. Yeah. This person or like we're going to have breakthrough with this group of people, whether ex- like externally, we're going to have this community group. We're going to break in with them and we're going to do great things. You keep praying into that. You keep working toward that. With an expectancy. With exp- that it, Come on. That it will happen and you've just got to be ready for when it does. Great.
0: Come on, Jimmy. All right. That'll preach. All right. Cool. I'm going to have to give you a round of applause for that one. You <laughs> got the right button. I got the right button that time. <laughs>
2: All right. Yeah.
1: That, that reminds – sorry. I don't want to go on a tangent. Uh, that reminds me of like those – like there's an old – like uh, Age of Empires, like an old PC game. Yeah. When I was a kid, like I probably didn't play it as much. But oh,
0: yeah. It did sound like that. It's
1: like the like when they're like the village and yeah, that when you do something. Yeah, it I'm did. Going,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. It did. Exactly, That's what it sounds like. It sounds exactly like that.
1: Yeah. So anyway, yep. shout out can, to all those people probably yep. over the, of the age of 35 that remember um, that. Okay. So Preachers in the Temple, and I think this is where – so he saw that opportunity and from out of that opportunity, created another opportunity. Yep, he then so then he had the opportunity the to heal. Yep. So he was he was able to make this big impact in this one person's life. But then instead of just having, instead of just doing that, because he knew that could happen, he'd seen it happen mm. and he had the faith that that was going to happen. Yep. So that happened. And that could have been it. That could have yeah. been the end of the story. But then he waited for the right time. He waited for when God said, this is it, for the spirit to move. Yep. And then it, then he saw the opportunity that, okay, this is why. This is it, it was so much more than just healing was this just man. Heal,
0: it was healing that man, but it was more than that. Yeah. yeah. That
1: was the healing of this man was a catalyst to do something yes, more. Yes, great. Yep. And then, uh, and I think that sometimes is that we can focus. Sometimes we want to do the more, mm. but we realize that we have to yeah, do the do, first. Do and, the
0: thing that's in front of you. Yep. We want to go and preach to the multitudes yep. overseas, but we won't talk to our neighbor. Yep. We won't reach out and, and show love to them. Yes, that's, that's great. For Good anyone course. with
1: kids, seen Frozen 2, the uh, – just do the next right thing. The next uh, right
0: thing. That's right.
1: Uh, my daughter will listen back to one day and go, Dad, what are you talking about that for? Anyway, okay. she's only two and oh, no, so a half. I know, we've had plenty of references,
0: them. Bluey references and all kinds of things on this show. Oh, Bluey. Okay, we're going to go blue. I love Bluey. We oh, I love like Bluey. The,
1: that cricket episode. is the best ever. If you want to get the essence and the spirit of cricket ever, yeah. if, if you've never liked cricket or understood cricket, just watch that.
0: That's, yeah. that's Cricket in a nutshell. Sure. The irony of it was it was released just prior to – the uh, stumping incident, <laughs> <it's a> <laughs> which, <laughs> which is funny uh, okay, itself. we're not going to Anyway, quickly. let's not go down
3: anyway, to sporting analogies right now. This uh, is this is not a
1: sporting <laughs> podcast um, or a blue or a kids program podcast. Um, okay, so Peter preaches. Um, do you want to give a summary, Rowan, of what he is saying here in this
0: yeah, little okay. sermon? Yeah, sure. So it's probably quite similar to. abbreviated version of what we're going to see Stephen do, um, in chapter seven as well. He's preaching to Jewish people who know the scriptures. These people are, um, raised on it. And so he, and he's appealing to them as to, to them to see Jesus as their Jewish Messiah, the one they've been waiting for. So what he does is he begins to unpack some of the history, uh, of the story. His intention is to get them on board with him. Yeah. To say, come on, let me let me take you on a journey with you. Let me identify with you, and he does that really well. So he identifies with them, but once he gets them on board, he then says, "By the way, guys, it was actually you who were the ones who crucified him." He says, "Verse fifteen, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead through faith in the name of Jesus. That man was healed." And he says, "Friends, I get this. I realise that you." Did it? You and the leaders were ignorant. They didn't, you know, that you didn't realize you were doing this. But this was what God intended, and so He then calls them to repent of that, yep. to turn from their sins and turn to God. And many do. Yep. Um, many, it says, they, they they're cut to the heart. Many, many of them return and they realize oh, we missed this. We we were ignorant. Mm. We've just seen a miracle happen out here. We're hearing this man who shouldn't be able to preach preach. And so I think the end result of it. Uh, towards the end of the chapter is how, does it tell us how many, is this another one where it tells us another couple of thousand? Um, it tells us in the next chapter. In the next chapter. Okay. When, uh So that's when he takes the opportunity and
1: then they get sort of dragged, oh, well, the, they're confronted by the uh, by the council by the by, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's sure. the next chapter. So we yeah. pretty much go straight into So we into can that pretty there.
0: much, yeah, we probably don't even need a chapter break because it, it, it's, it's it flows one. Together, it's one story so. straight in. Yep, yep. So I'll put it on the podcast as chapters through, uh, Chapters. Uh, f- what' we four three uh, and four th- three and four together yep. yep all right so let's just go into chapter four if yeah, you yeah want.
1: yeah so pretty much then like as you said they're doing that and that's when uh the confrontation started the uh the people that don't like being told that they're doing wrong things ever yeah. uh the the priests Sadducees temple guard appear yeah uh the people that you know pretty much leaders
0: like. the, the leaders were threatened yeah the crowd they were all there. They yeah. were engaged in it, but the leaders were threatened. They could not see past their. In many ways, the Sadducees, especially, mm. are like King Saul in the Old Testament. Yeah, they are. They run the risk of having their power and influence usurped by this long, mm. young bunch of upstarts from Galilee. Yeah, so they they've. You see a lot of their same behavior play out mm. here. Their insecurity. That's like when uh, it won't
1: happen. I don't think it happens in here, but when they talk about that, um, that. Jesus hardened their heart, or that their hearts were hardened, or Pharaoh's heart was hardened. It's that same thing. That like it's not because like it's it's there for a reason. Yes, the intention
0: of that is that you you should turn. Yeah, but what it does is it brings you to a T intersection where you have to make a decision: Hmm. Am I going to turn to God or turn from God? You can't stay the same. I like to say these these kind of crises bring us to those intersections. And the, many of the crowd turned to God. Hmm. The Sadducees could not see past their own no. uh, insecurity, their, their love of power, and everything else, and they yeah. turned from God. And so now they're held to account. And it goes that process goes from having, the, from having the, um, well, from ha- them hardening their hearts. Eventually, God will harden. If you're yeah. going to harden your heart long enough, I'm actually going to turn you. you talk, Paul yeah. will talk about this in, in uh, Letters. He's just going to Push say, "Well, it. actually, I'm going to take you so far that you're going to become an instrument of my my judgment, so that you can others can see yep. um, how bad it is." But that don't. God doesn't start there. No, no. And that's it's
1: never. That's never the starting point. No, it's never no, the starting never point for that. anybody. And if you John, John's Gospel, says
0: it. the the Pharisees rejected God's purpose for themselves because they didn't believe in Jesus. Yeah. So even the Pharisees, God had a plan for them, mm. but they just rejected it because they would not believe. No. And that's
1: the um, talking about the power and holding on to power yeah. and, and what that can do to people, yeah. what it, particularly Christians. Like you you want to do all these great things and we, you get that allure of power. Yep. And because with power, there's a perception you can get things done. Yep. But that's not necessarily the way of Jesus. if no, we read it's not it through the way the of the Jesus scriptures.
0: at all. It's the exact opposite of the way of Jesus. So
1: uh, we get yeah. things done from the fringes, not from the centers of power. Um, yeah, so they were disturbed, uh, those leaders there were disturbed. That they were uh, that Peter and John were talking uh, teaching about Jesus and the resurrection of the dead yep so just a theological sticking point to a, to a degree and then they pretty much just said see you later lock you in up in jail yep um so this is where it comes in with a number yeah, so many five. people heard 5,000 people. So no, we turned. had
0: 3000 on the first day and yep. now we're totaling 5000 so we've had well, 5000 men so Yeah that's right. We're talking about a big big group of way people of the community here. So we always yeah. got to
1: remember when there's that 5000 it's always they always count the men. Yep. Uh, cuz that's the the way that numbers were counted was counted yes. by the men. yeah. So then if there are women,
0: children cuz normally yeah, head we, of the household they'll gonna, be the ones will right. follow. That's right. You're going to expect that there's going to so, be at least well, 2.2 children or whatever it might be yeah. so, you know you're probably talking 15000 people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, there, plenty of people had uh, heard and believed. So, the council again, the next day, um, they met. Um, yep, a whole bunch of people got together. And then, by what power or in whose name have you done this? So, they, they get, bring um, Peter and John together and they ask, in whose name and what power? So, that's the funny thing is, the first thing is, by what power? Yep. So first thing, it shows sort of shows their motive first again, power, power being being the first thing. Whose name is Mm -hmm. second? So then, by what power, and then in whose name? So if you say maybe by the right power, but then say the wrong name, it's like that filtering system. Yeah, okay, they they've got their categories of which you have gotta fall. So first Yahweh, yep, fair enough, okay, cool Yahweh. Second off, the name of Jesus. You not what not Moses, not Elijah. Yeah, exactly. not, Not not all the people of the Old Testament, which you actually spoke about when you were giving a little mini sermon up yeah, there before. Yeah, yeah, sure. Not those, but Jesus. You're
0: not claiming, yeah, you're claiming this upstart Jesus. Yeah. No, like, yeah, no,
1: that's, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's where they sort of catch them. Uh, that all, quote unquote, well, catch Peter, them. Peter's quite happy,
0: to, uh, yeah. quite happy to claim the name of Jesus and actually go yep. further and say, you guys actually were the ones who dismissed Jesus. The stone the builders rejected, yep. God's turned him into the cornerstone, it says in uh, about, yep. what's that, verse 11. Yep. And what I love about
1: the where that comes from, that comes from the Psalm 118, is that that is a Psalm of uh, victory. It's a, it's a victory song, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. certain. So it's like that they're, it's they're, that he's pulled a reference from a scripture, which is a victory song. So a man who just died and oh, they great. thought that they defeated yep. was this glorious victory who song that they pulled a, a quote victory. from.
0: So that's they've chosen that. Is that, I'm pretty sure? Yeah, I'm just reading through that Psalm now. Yeah, it's... It's a declaration that you know how we've overcome and defeated the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It looked so it looked so bad. It looked so bad, but God came through for us. Yeah. Yes. And so great. that's
1: so he said so yep. they've gone what, what? Yeah.
0: you you've you're saying that this this You're, one that this one that This one that we defeated We defeated actually is defeating us. Yeah. Is actually bring victory. Yeah. And that's that, great. W- that would have been offensive to them. They would have oh, like for us we're so. just like,
1: oh, I know that that saying, the stone the builders rejected.
0: Like that's yeah. even in common language outside yes, of the church. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. But it's actually quite quoting that psalm. That's good. Yeah. Good little study there. Go back and read that. psalm. just reading over that psalm mm. briefly. Psalm Skim well. reading it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good psalm. It gives context to it. Yeah. And
1: mm. I think that's and it just like it's just like that another like in the richness of Scripture, I think that too often is that we forget because we're so used to reading. All our modern reading is just flat. Like unless you're reading into deep articles and th- whether theological or scientific, like where there's deep meaning inside all the things yep. and how things relate, that you don't read the book because we read the book as story. Yeah, we like and the, but story with meaning mm. is sort of mm. how a lot of Christians are probably taught to read it. Yep where we actually – no, no, this is a book of meaning mm. and everything is said for a reason. So yep. like they're, the reason they're quoting this scripture is for a reason other than the fact is this is a cool phrase to say. Yeah, great, Jimmy. It's, well, where did this actual phrase what, come from? Yeah,
0: because it's loading
1: up a whole lot of – Yeah, this is all memory. This is yep. them – like so it's like when you like when you hear someone say a quote from a movie, you're like, oh, I know what movie that's yeah, from. That's right. I know what that was part of – that's funny. Yeah. And then this is like, I know what quote that's from. That's from Psalm yep. – uh, you know, the Book of the Psalms. This is the scroll, one hundred eighteen, or whatever they yeah, were well, yep. Psalm one hundred eighteen, whatever. And like, you're saying that this is this victory, like yeah. That that's a, they've overcome, you know, Through defeat? death, through death, they've overcome victory. Like, <laughs> that's the, the for them. They just started going, yeah. The, hang the, on. the I, don't, I, don't, on. I don't. I don't. like what you're saying here. Yeah, that's this right. This is like you're you're coming against us now. Yep, this is right. an attack. And then this is where yeah. they sort of. And so they basically, in the end, yeah. Uh, punish them. What are they? What are they going to do with them? Um yeah. well they wanna, basically don't know what to do with them. No they. no no they they want to well they they know that they want to get them. Well, they they want to get, them, but get they, rid they, of them. They're worried about the crowds. So they we cannot stop
2: uh
1: we cannot stop telling everyone about what we have seen pretty much what they've said. So they pretty much said, "Do you think that we're going to um that God wants us to obey you?" Yep. Like they said like you can't go keep telling people about this Jesus yeah. character pretty much. You can't keep sharing this story. Um said so like, you know, we
0: cannot stop telling everyone about what we've seen. And no, heard. that's right. So, we're, this is a, this is a case of what you'd call civil disobedience. Mm. This is where the authorities do something that um, is against their uh, their conscience as mm. followers of Christ. Now, that's not any one size fits all. Some people will consider some things as against their conscience, and others won't. But in this case, yeah. you know, if if they're being told you cannot tell anyone mm. about Jesus, then they're going to go well. We're not going to, we're not going to stop doing that. Yeah. But the way they do civil disobedience, it's note here. It's not, it's, it's not uncivil disobedience. No. It's not like, well, we're just going to go around and launch, uh, launch terrorist warfare against the Sadducees and, you know, yeah. and, and take them down through, you know, through a militia group. Yeah. No, we are going to put our lives on the line mm. to preach God's word because yeah. we believe it's worth doing. And they do it through this civil disobedience. They're just going to mm. do it. And the, they're prepared. Yeah for the consequences that will come yep. by doing that. They understand there's consequences, but they're going around – like the consequences against them are violent. It's yes, death. that's right. Instead but of them being the instigators yep. of violence, they are prepared to receive violence against them yep. in order to be able to continue yep. to
1: preach. That's the flip side in which we yep. a lot of times see civil disobedience that um, we're going to – like a lot of times, like say protests, like a lot of civil hmm. protests – a lot of those things happen, but it's like you know, it's when
0: those turn protests when they turn, turn, turn into violent, 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 then they are not. It's not civil it, disobedience. It's any no people. longer civil disobedience. No. Martin Luther King uh, was was big on this. Is that at times the in during during the um, uh, you know during the uh, '60s when when the, the whole um, you know uh, African American protests were happening and so on, there were times when they got violent. But Martin Luther King consistently came out and said, "That's not what That's we not do." Us. No. Yep. And Rosa Parks, you know, she sat on that bus and she just wasn't going to get up yep. as civil disobedience. And she yep. was prepared for the consequences. And I think yep. that's what you see here. That was deep. That belief was deeply rooted in theology like this, which is, we're not going to be silenced, yep. but we understand that there will be consequences if we do this. And we won't fight against, we're not going to fight against the consequences. We realize that we'll actually be, Christ will be honored by the way we suffer yep. in the consequences. So in this instance, though,
1: that uh, the council threatened them further, but then they realised, hang on, we probably can't do anything because there's now a you know there's fifteen couple of thousand people, people outside. sitting exactly. outside that are waiting for them to come out and either keep talking or to to leave. Yep. Uh, and we don't have the ability to stop a riot, no, so no. let them go. Because uh, it's even said, for everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who'd been lame for forty years, yeah, more than that's forty pretty years. Pretty substantial, isn't it? So. Like it's pretty much it'd be almost the whole townships yeah. knew that man so yep. there's like you can't deny that no and no. so that's where like okay we well, we'll, yep. we can't sort of do anything here so they let him go
0: um, and then they're going to go into just for the sake of time they're going to go into back home again to yep. the team and they're going to pray with them they're going to go back and pray and you know they're not this is one of the things they take they go to God with the problem not you know yeah they've been told to keep quiet and whatever mm. but instead of going uh, to the people about the problem they go to God about the problem, and they pray. They all get together and they, and they launch into prayer, which also includes, includes quotes from the Psalms and so yep. on. Psalm two, I think it is, in there. And so they have this prayer that basically says, "Lord, embolden us to speak the word of God. Yep. Um, let the consequences fall where they may." Then they they don't speak to the enemy about the enemy; they speak to God about the enemy. Yeah. So they they do call out in this prayer. They will call out the injustices that they are being subjected to. But they don't fight back against the injustices. They they go to God about those injustices, speak to him and ask for their confidence and mm. their boldness that as a result of that they will be able to uh, to to share the love of God. And they do. Yeah. They yeah. they they actually have another Pentecost experience. Mm. Places they're shaken and it says they yeah, the plate, speak yeah, the, the word plate of God. Shook. Yeah. yeah. It shook. And they spoke the word of God. They were filled mm. with the Holy Spirit, spoke the word of God. With boldness. That's yeah. like a summary. Is there anything else you wanted to pull no, no, out no, of that? But not on that section. Yeah, no, I, think, no. I think it's a pattern for mission work. It's a pattern for how Christians should conduct themselves. Yeah. If you look at what's actually going on here.
1: Yeah, and I think this last bit um, we come up. Yeah, so we probably don't really need to dive into Let's, this last section yeah this kind of just leads, leads into, into what chapter looks 5 like,
0: chapter 5 the ananias and Sapphira story which we which won't previously be looking done. at yeah. no but it's just it's, it's just a pattern for what the church is the, yep. the church was in a time of persecution yep. a time of hardship we've just seen that there were you know there were threats all around them so they rallied together and they supported one another and people sold property and and there was a unity that was taking place there
1: yeah yeah so yep so now what we're going to do is we're staying in acts But uh, we're skipping through five and six, which are going to be looked at uh, separately uh, in other podcasts, because they relate to other themes that we're going to be looking at. So we're going to jump straight to chapter seven seven. and pick up there. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Chapter seven, um, jumping forward couple of chapters, as we said. So in the seven and we are at Stephen. So uh, Stephen in the previous chapter, is arrested. Um, and we pretty much pick it up in chapter seven where he's addressing the council. Yeah. So he'd
0: been arrested for preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what um, we we're talking about.
1: And then pretty much he's going to uh, preach again. So pretty much what we spoke about before um with Peter and John. With Peter before, and John, where they were preaching the r- religious before the leaders, yep. le- leaders and before the, uh, well, the, the group of people that were there after When he saw that opportunity, he preached. Yep. And then he preached again to the council and then had their disagreement and went on their way. This is where Stephen comes in in Chapter 7. He's doing the same thing. Uh, he's emboldened by the um, – and he's just out there and preaching. And he's addressing the council. Pretty much they've pulled him in. They're like, we don't want another repeat of what yep. happened before. Before, now, Stephen wasn't
0: one of the disciples, and he one of the twelve disciples, and mm. he wasn't uh, one of the leaders. "Quote unquote." Mm. He was he'd been appointed as a deacon. He'd been appointed. Basically, his job was to help officiate and mm. coordinate the distribution of that money we were talking about, that yep. wealth and that food. was to like he was look after the orphans and the widows. Yeah, exactly. And that so of those he was that were, in charge yeah, exactly. Of that. that was what he was put along with a few others. He was put yep. in charge of that. So he was, he was like an administrative leader coordinator.
1: Yeah. So he's just yet overcome. He's just had to share the word so that obviously God has emboldened him to, to share yeah. here uh, and brought before the council and pretty much he goes through and pretty much just gives a summation of the gospel of the whole Old Testament and where everything sort of relates into each other. And so pretty much what we're going to say here is if you want to have a understanding of an overview of the Old Testament, jump to chapter 7.
0: Yeah, Acts 7 is a good place to get an overview. Yeah. It's a long story, which yes, if we got into it and read it, we would, yeah, what will you pull out of it? I mean, it's, it's, it's the entire Old Testament summarized in, in a five uh, minute narrative. This podcast would be. Exactly. Yeah. You have to basically summarize the whole Old Testament. Yeah. So, but it's a good starting point to go in and then go, oh, that's, I didn't know that part of the story. Hmm. So it helps you understand the chronology of the story. Now, fit things together. You'll recognize some characters. If you don't Hmm. recognize a character, go, oh, I. Joseph, I don't know anything about Joseph, who's he? Yep. Um, and you can then use this as a launch pad to go back into the Old Testament and get a mm. a, a better understanding of the Old Testament. And I and I like to think that the New Testament comes to life to the degree that we really do understand the Old Testament. You can understand the basics of faith in the New Testament, but it's so much richer when you understand that it, it grew out of a culture and a history mm. and a faith. And so to understand that is helpful. Acts 7 is a great place to go. And like, as we said earlier, where we have,
1: and we're talking in um, Samuel, uh, that the base is important, where our base is. And the base of the New Testament is the Old Testament. That's right. Everything from the New Testament, all of Jesus' teachings, all of the things that the apostles say, do, and all their understanding and what they relate back to is the Old Testament. Yep. And this is the out. The New Testament is the outworking of the Old Testament by Jesus and the disciples. That's right. Well so seen. this is important. So I know, and I know a lot of people, uh, and I have at time when I, particularly when I was a younger Christian, had trouble really grasping the Old Testament. And it wasn't until um, I was a little bit older, and probably until I went to Bible college, where I had the opportunity to unpack Spend sort time. of what I knew yeah. and read, do an Old Testament un- survey kind of course. Yeah. Yes. And so. And I know that not everyone has the opportunity to do that. And that's why that you have leaders and you can listen to podcasts and things like Bible Projects, like Mm. they can unpack all this stuff really well for you. In a five minute video. Yeah. But this is really important here is that this is an opportunity to do, because sometimes they can be really helpful, but to really get a grasp yourself, sometimes it's good to do it yourself. And so sit down, reach out, even if you've with a a connect group, a small group, a um, a Bible study, gathering group, whatever, or, you know, just some mates, Sit mm. down and have and and go. Do you had what do you do? You guys know much about the Old Testament because I yep. don't. Um, or I w- I want to see if I actually have a good understanding. So let's go can to Acts Seven. And start seven there. Yeah. Read over and we can jump back and forth. And yeah, you know, you've got Fantastic. you've got some time there to go so through good. that. I like encourage you because it just it then gives you a great understanding, like things like that. Understanding the that Psalm where they pull that from Yes, was because of understanding the Old Testament yep. and how to read and what they're, what they're about. That's and right. It, it all links together. So yeah, that's, that's great, Jimmy. A good thing
0: to do. So, so he goes seven. and preaches this whole story and then he turns it, but the same way Peter and John tells them a the story, gets them on board with it, and then he basically says, says you guys you. are the criminals. <laughs> you <laughs> guys did this. You deliberately <laughs> disobeyed God's law yeah. even though you received it. You and stubborn it says the, people. <laughs> verse 54, you stubborn, <laughs> rebellious, stiff-necked yeah. people. Yes, he does. He has some pretty nice things yeah. to say, not nice things to say. Verse mm. fifty-four: The Jewish leaders were infuriated yep. by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. I just see the picture. <laughs> I I uh, think of Abe Simpson and the
1: old man waving yeah, his hand, in the it. cloud sort yeah. of thing. Like it's like you're fighting against someone who, yeah. you know, is just pretty much telling you you're wrong, and you have no idea. Mm-hmm.
0: But Stephen, full of the f- Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing there. What a picture! Yeah. And he said, "Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at God's right hand." That made him even more infuriated. They put their hands in over their ears and started going, "Ah!" Yeah, no. dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him, not with marijuana, but with mm. actual rocks. Yeah. began to throw rocks at him. Yeah, yep.
1: Not a not a good and and that's the it's the understanding the the uh, the outcomes of what the mission was for him. And I think that uh, I think we talked about a little bit before, not in when we weren't recording, is that the idea of when we look at mission and that going and sharing the gospel is what we call to do. Say if it's overseas mission, mm-hmm. we go and share the gospel, um, but. We, in our context, will be going to do it to say with people with no or very little understanding of scripture. Yeah, you're not going to shout of, at
0: them and say you, you killed the Messiah. because yeah, you're people, No frame of reference. Call them and yeah. you betrayed and murdered someone. Yeah. Like
1: it, you're not going to. You're not there. You're. It's. Uh, they have no understanding, so you're going to come from it from a thing of of understanding that they have no understanding. Yeah, great. And you're going to come yeah. and to teach and to love and to
0: show. Yeah. So so what I'll often the have, What i often see is this you know mentality that when we do. Mission or evangelism—that somehow we have to, we almost have to point fingers at the filthy heathen out there. Yep. Um, you—you oh, all like that, that? we need to realize that when you see scriptures like this, Peter and John doing that, Stephen doing that, he—they are doing that to the religious elite. Mm. They are doing it to the one. It's like Jesus himself withdrew with um, withheld his strongest, most violent, or, or, or not violent, strongest um, complaint for the religious elite, the people yeah. who should have known how to represent God well, and they weren't. So, and yet he, he didn't speak that way to the crowds because they were the victims of those elite who were supposed, who had been entrusted yep. and had misused their power. That's what Stephen's doing. He's speaking here against people who have misused their power. If anything, in any context, these, are these, this type of preaching should be reserved for Christian leaders. Yeah. Um, or by extension churches like the church in Laodicea who, who completely miss the point yep. and Jesus is going to spew out of my mouth. I mean, that, yep. those sorts of words are supposed to be reserved. That style mm. is for those who have been entrusted with the authority and have abused it. You don't see that evangelism working no. with the crowds. You see love and compassion and kindness and, and acceptance because they are, they, they are victims. Yeah, and, and hope you you set up, spread a message of hope. So all yeah. that to say, when you're doing mission and evangelism, yeah. your focus is on hope when you're talking to people who don't know anything, not judgment. Yeah, and because you can't condemn people for things that they don't they know. they don't know. And even Jesus says that yeah. if you were guilty of sin, if you if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty of sin. He's talking yeah. about them, uh, talking to the Pharisees. The problem, your problem, with Pharisees is, mm. he says you think you can see. Yeah, that's why you're guilty of blindness. Yeah, that's why you're guilty of sin. So mm-hmm. yes. Contextually, Stephen has mm. hard words to say, but even then, he's 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 being stoned to death, and he's yeah. saying, "Father, do not hold yeah. this sin." This is he's the first martyr, and he says, "Father, do not hold this sin against them." Yeah. So, as the first martyr, as the first person to recorded at least to surrender their life and give up their life uh, for the cause of Christ, that's a pattern. Yeah. That he's a man who was so willing to suffer to the ultimate, pay the ultimate price, but still does it. And, and it's able to, uh, repeat the words of Jesus on the cross. Father, do not yep. hold this sin against them. This is what, this is what suffering for the name of Christ is all mm. about. Yeah. It's that, yep. it's that pattern for mission work. And of course the very second last verse of this, mm. of this pattern of this story here introduces the character who will come into our yep. future chapters yep. Meanwhile, while the stoning is happening, mm. this is verse 58. His accusers took their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Yep. And, uh,
1: different to the Saul we were just talking about before.
0: Yep. Um, don't get confused by that, folks. There's, uh, there's about uh, a thousand years difference between these two dudes. So, uh, this man,
1: Saul is the one that, uh, we come to know as Paul, mm. the man who writes the majority of the New Testament. Yep. And, uh, and I think that's important that this is the first time that we see him yeah. because even though that he doesn't turn at this point, this is probably the first, maybe that chink in the armour of the, oh, hang on, like this would be one of the many little things mm-hmm. that come happen to him Yep, to the point of where he yep. has his conversion, which, spoiler alert, happens – he turns, We're going
0: to do that in chapter nine, a couple yeah. of chapters time. So yeah. that's
1: and that's the he sees this man who has this unwavering faith, even in the face of death. Yes, uh, yep. this and this understanding that he is going to to be with God, and this is because of Jesus. Yes, and for for Saul, that's a challenge to him.
0: And look. And he will later reflect back on that yeah. in his writings. This is why he's able to say things like, "I'm the worst of all sinners because I persecuted the Church of Christ." Yeah. He's, he'll refer to the fact that when the, when when your s- servant Stephen was being martyred, I was right there. Hmm. So this this had a profound effect on him, yeah. which actually led to him having a more profound effect on the grace of God. Yeah. The fact is, if he if he can do this, if he can yeah. be there witnessing to this and acknowledging this, when it says they laid their cloaks at his feet. That's a sign that he's yeah, there. Authority. He has an authority there. Yeah. That's their way of saying he's, they're operating on his behalf. It's like da- it's like David doing things on the behalf of Saul. Yes, exactly. It's the same that same kind thing. Yeah, and that's that, that's why he he can marvel in the grace of God that he had yeah. been shown mercy and grace when he didn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. So that's Acts seven, and then we're gonna before we come back we come back to Saul. We're gonna have a little interlude and and see another evangelistic story, yep. another missionary story in Acts chapter eight. Yes.
1: Chapter eight. So we've just come from the. Um, but actually,
0: eight, eight verse one kind of belongs with belongs with the pre- end previous. Bit. What we're doing. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed yeah. completely to the killing of Stephen. Yeah. So that's where we just came from. Um, we should have included that with chapter seven. Yep. Yeah. And well, if
1: I looked over to my NRSV, it actually does. It so does. they they just ch- chuck the big eight in the middle yeah, you put of the, the eight sentence. But it makes the flow. Yeah. The, yeah. Not a good spot to put no. a split. Obviously, uh, they.
0: The train of thought now there. goes on in verse two. Really, doesn't it? Yeah. So verse two, we Actually, start. Actually, you know what? It doesn't even go in verse two. No. This is all verse one. So yeah, that sort of shows weird. how bad it is. Like they've, yeah. they've st- split the train of thought halfway through a verse. That really should have been right at tack. That statement should have been tacked to the end of chapter seven. Yep. And halfway through True. verse one should have been where the next train of thought started.
1: And it just shows that like when we uh, look at scripture is that we're reading it Through multiple translations. That's correct. So that, and chapters and verses are being put in. While they're useful, the
0: the problem with them is we end up reducing our scripture to bite-sized snippets and promises. Mm. And there's a good move in the church at the moment to return back to what Paul says to Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. There's actually a move towards going back and reading large portions of scripture yeah. in church, which is how they did it. Yeah. Phoebe went to Rome and she read the scripture and then they would talk about it. Yeah. So what kind of what we do here yeah, this is what we're doing. church should be doing. You yeah. know, that's a,
1: a, a... Maybe we have to do a live podcast one day.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe so. This is, but you know, this gives us, a, this is part of why we're doing this. We're doing large... Swathes of scripture that we discuss as we go. Yeah. So um, chapter eight, we
1: uh, jump in and then there's, so if we're looking at in terms of um, of mission, so the first up is um, persecution comes and it scatters the believers. So uh, a great, it just says a great wave of perse- persecution began that day. So it's, and I think that's probably why they put it together is because it's, Alluding to the same day that Saul yes. uh, that uh, that Saul was there and that and Stephen got um that was the beginning of a significant persecution. Persecution started from that day. They're like these Jesus followers. They're a they're, they're a they're menace. A they're a threat. Yep. Yep. We've got to get rid of them. Yeah, let's just break it. The, look,
0: and they're way to do it, unfortunately, um, is power and violence. Yep. Um, and but even the power and violence is used by God. Yep. See, this is it's a, a, you know, began sweeping over Jerusalem and all the believers were scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Judea and Samaria. And You should go And the ends of the earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's my point. You should before? go, where have I heard that before? <laughs> Hang on. That was six chapters ago when yeah. Jesus was still around. He said, you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. They should have, but they stayed put in Jerusalem, they stay comfortable yeah. in Jerusalem, and sometimes it takes persecution to mm. allow God's ultimate purpose yeah. to be fulfilled. So, don't uh, d- you know? Hardship will actually fulfil God's plan in yeah. your life if you let it.
1: Yeah, being comfortable doesn't uh, always align with what God wants. That's right. Yep, uh, you got to get out of the thing. nest sometimes. Yeah. and yep. yeah, sometimes yeah, being comfortable is probably sends you the wrong way.
0: Yeah, come on. So, which is back to what I said about Laodicea. If you read yeah. the story of the church and to see her in Laodicea and Revelation, you realize that was their problem. They were comfort. So yeah, and then here, verse three, but Saul was going everywhere
1: to destroy the church. So this is Saul again. Like this is the man that becomes Paul that writes Isn't the whole New Testament. Isn't He's it interesting? He's he going to destroy like, the church. He sounds
0: like old Saul, doesn't he? Yeah. Seems like I, Saul pursuing David. Look, and I think it's... Uh, and it's like it's written that way.
1: And I have it... Oh, I don't know if it if it's in one of the chapters in here in Acts that we read it actually references back to Samuel in i think it might be with Peter uh, and John when they're talking that they actually references they actually reference
0: that passage
1: to that they, they, okay, they referenced know. back to Samuel um and his and so it's just like it's interesting to say that they reference that there, and then we're looking at Saul. Yeah, very much, the, you know, same name. At this
0: point, he's the namesake of his predecessor, very much yep. so. And and I'd say that and probably he's, the, Saul he's from the same, same tribe. Yeah, he's the Benjamin he, Benjamite of Benjamites. He calls himself, which is where Saul came from. And just brought, that statement, yeah. but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. Okay. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women. Doesn't that sound like Saul pursuing David? Yeah, it's it was just oh my goodness, going everywhere. Yeah, um,
1: look at least. At that point, Saul was uh, what Saul was doing. He was throwing them in prison, mm. so didn't go to the extent yeah. of that. And I think that's probably the thing is that he's that he probably saw the challenge to his beliefs, his power, his yes. understanding yep. get challenged, yep. and his envy, his jealous eyes sort of started wandering onto mm. these um, these Christ followers, yeah. uh, the followers of Jesus, and said. Look, let's uh, let's get in there and get him out, so there we'll get get him out, out of there. there. Yep, and mm. thankfully, he didn't get to the point of saying but that, to that point I am the enemy the of yep. Jesus. Yeah, he didn't it. get that far. Yep, um, thankfully. So, uh, so that's what's happening there, and then um, Philip, and it kind of pauses, then pauses, pauses narrative that narrative, and, and, yeah. and yeah, jumps in. On. So we get. Philip preaching in Samaria. So this is
0: now the scattering happening. So we're yep. just going to see one of see the results happening. of what's happening in one of those scatterings.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he's over in Samaria preaching, like it even said, like uh, yeah, the people um, in verse 12, people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized Then Simon himself um, believed uh, and was baptized and uh, he began following Philip wherever he went and and he was amazed by the signs and miracles that Philip performed. And so it's just like this this is what was meant to be happening. Yes. And we heard about it happening in that localized yeah, thing. It happened at and the then temple, but that was it. And then it was happening like there was happening in their in their rooms together. And then they went and they healed the crippled man. Mm. And then suddenly, boom, it started blowing up from there. Yes. It's just, but it kind
0: of only ever got as far as Jerusalem until yeah. the persecution settled in. And then, yeah. then it went to the next level. It's yeah. set, and it's funny enough, it's from an unlikely source. It started from Stephen. Yeah, that's right. And Philip, this dude, mm. he's also one of those yeah. seven. Yeah. So he's one of the seven deacons that was yeah. – he was one of Pete, Stephen's mates. So it's it's funny that like then we're
1: starting hearing about it wasn't the apostles. No, it's it others was, now. It was the others the now that are doing, doing it. it. So that's it's right. it's not the, the people that you're Good. expecting to be doing yep. the big things. It's yep. it's
0: flowing on. The lesson is we all yeah. have a part to play in this partnership. Yep. We You can be the earth. person
1: that – that makes sure that the widows and the children get fed. Yep. And, and you can still, still be going miss. out there and and Come doing on, amazing Jenny. things. That's great. Um so uh, talking about yeah, or oh, I don't is there anything else in that little narrative before we get to
0: the Ethiopian eunuch? Um I think it's just worth mentioning this guy Simon a little bit just quickly. Yep. I'll just for the sake of the story. So Simon sees these miracles that Philip's doing. Mm. And then Peter, it's such a revival happening in Samaria. Last yep. time uh, they had a revival in Samaria was when, Je- when Jesus showed up there with the woman at the well in Samaria. So they have a revival. Um, Peter and John come and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. And Simon wants that for himself. So yep. Simon's, um, he's cap- he's become a believer, but he's captivated by the power. The power. And so he-, he wants the power. Hmm. And uh, and Jesus and-, and Peter rebukes him for that. So, yep. uh, you know, fortunately to Simon's, he seems to realize his error of his ways, and goes, oh, "I don't want that." Yeah, but yes, how easy it is to be captivated by what we've known. And so, you know, there's a revival happen in Samaria, mm-hmm. and then the next thing that's going to happen where we're going to go is Philip's. He's actually going to leave Samaria. Samaria is in the north of Israel, um, a probably two days, two to three days walk north of Jerusalem. And now he's going to be sent way down south, past Jerusalem, and down towards the down towards Gaza, where where mm-hmm. we saw the story. Early, earlier. So, this yep. is probably a week's journey, better part of, you know, five days' walk or something like that yep. to get there. Yeah. So, he's going to go the other direction and meet this Ethiopian eunuch. But yep. you read and we'll pull out a few thoughts as we go on this one.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he met the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, so, he was the, uh, he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. So, yes. it's not just uh, any old eunuch. No, this is one of the top dudes. <laughs> one of the top guys. Uh, great authority under uh, Ken. Under kan- kan- uh, Kendrake? The Candrake?
0: The Candrake. Yes, so that's just the title yep. for the Queen of the Queen Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yes, yeah, like Pharaoh sort yep. of thing. Yeah, uh, And by Ethiopia here, we we probably – it's not necessarily exactly the same, but it's it's south of Egypt. It's yep. sort of
1: – yeah. The Ethiopian region where now yep. we see it as a country and that's a group right. of people. It's probably a region more <laughs> so. It was a, it was so. a region, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, Ethi- the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he'd gone in there to worship uh, and was returning – Seated in his carriage, and he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah, and the Holy Spirit said to Philip, "Go over and walk beside the carriage." Mm. So here again, Philip, this uh, man that is, you know, just a average guy that got appointed to be a deacon and look after some of the uh, administrative tasks, is now hearing from the Lord to go and do some yeah. great things. Uh, so he ran over and heard the man re- um, reading from Isaiah, uh, and then he asks. So he put himself, he listened, he put himself in the situation. And see, this is the other side. So when we're talking before about being very targeted and pointed, uh, which they were before with the crippled man, this is where that he fo- he was just following God's the, in the spirit, and he was led to an opportunity. So yes. he was he was prepared in some way, but he didn't know what the opportunity was. He didn't know what was coming. But he just followed, yep. and it happened. So it can happen both ways. Yep. But this is this is like a personal one-on-one opportunity with someone where you just put yourself in the situation and the conversation may come.
0: Well, I I think you can even develop even further because if you look at the pattern and and the role of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in this, this is a good pattern for what Christian evangelism telling people about Christ should look like. The Holy Spirit gives him a general thing. Head south. Yep. Go in that general direction. He's walking down south, following it, not really knowing, but hey, I'm I'm on mission, Lord, whenever. Then the Holy Spirit says go over and walk alongside the carriage. Then the Holy Spirit says nothing. The Holy Spirit does not even show up in the narrative again until Mm. Spirit carries him away at the end of the story. So that's a pattern, listening to the Holy Spirit, partnering Mm. with the Holy Spirit, but being on mission and ready to – and even the way he asks the question, talk about Mm. not preaching at him. He says –
3: do you, what do you understand what you're reading yeah.
0: so he's looking for opportunity yeah. but he's doing it in a way that's winsome yeah you know t- the late tim keller talked about you know winsomeness is a, it's an attractive thing yeah. when for people who especially in our world today where people are so anti church to be winsome and be engaged in them and interested in them hey can yeah. i help you there do you understand anything that's yeah. that's winsome and it makes a big difference yeah.
1: coming with the posture of service yes like david yep um and being and just coming alongside, mm. not coming as if you have authority and like the like Saul or the leaders of the the time, where yeah, they great. would have come across that way. Yep. So, uh, so the the unique replied or the man replied, uh, "How can I unless someone tr- instructs me?"
0: Mm.
1: And then he, open uh, opportunity, yeah, open opportunity. So all he did was ask a question. Yep. And the response could have been, "No, not really, but I'm." Happy to keep reading, and yeah. that, might and that, be where it lays. that, that's
0: right. And I wouldn't think for a moment that that Philip would have pushed himself in. You no. don't see that in the tone of this. He's tuned into the spirit. He's listening. He's looking for opportunities, yep. and then when they present themselves, he's ready. Yep. Uh, and then so the passage of scripture. So Philip comes into the carriage.
1: So he yep. invites him in, invites pretty him much. In. Um, he, he urged Philip to come into the yeah, carriage. He says, so come the, up and help me. Come up and uh, yeah, like if you you know what's going on, come yeah. in. Uh, and the passage was uh, he led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. A quote from Isaiah 53. Yep. So we've heard that before. We know that that's referring to yep. Debbie. Yeah. You think that might be referring think, to uh, the little, death of Jesus. Little, little guy named Jesus. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Only a bit part player in the story. Um, obviously not. Uh, so yeah. So the unique... Then asks him, tell me, was the prophet, was the prophet talking about him or someone else? So he's all he's done was he's asked one question. Yeah. And do you understand what you're reading? And then from there he said, or well, how can I unless someone instructs me and then he's like, Come in and this is a scripture that I'm reading. And then he asks him a question. So, like so he, all he's said so far is Do you understand what yep. you're reading? It's simple as that. It took courage and boldness to, to do ask that, that question. But it's not obnoxious. Yeah, because someone you know? riding in a carriage is probably someone of some sort of yes. importance. Yeah. So it wasn't just as though there was someone walking d- down the road yeah. or sitting on the back of a donkey or a camel or something like exactly. that or a horse. Come on, that's great. It was yeah. someone – he he
0: would have known by the fact that it was yeah. a carriage. Yep. It would have been someone of authority. Yeah. So, so evangelism – And sharing your faith will require boldness. It doesn't need you to be obnoxious. And and how do you tell the difference between whether I'm being bold or obnoxious? And some people are are prone to obnoxiousness and they need to pull back. Others, like me, probably are prone to the opposite. We need to get a bit bold. And I think the the pattern we see in this story is it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to invite conversation. But if you don't sense a... Readiness and a recipro- to reciprocate, yep. then just go, just leave. Okay, it. I'll wait for another opportunity. This isn't the one. That's totally over. that's totally fine to do that. Because they they now know
1: that you are. That's right. You've open opened the to door, asking yeah. a question yep. with them.
0: So, yeah, you might even be able to say if they say no, I'm not interested in that stuff. Yep. Just say that's it. It's okay. Hmm. I'm always here. If you have any questions at any point in the future, feel free to ask me. They haven't been bold or obnoxious doing. No. You haven't been obnoxious doing that. You've just been courageous. Yeah. And so, from using that
1: scripture as a basis, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Uh, and as they rode along, they came to some water. Water, and the eunuch said, "Look, there's some. <laughs> there's some water. Why can't I be baptized?" So they've been there for a while. So if he's to, he's told him this a fair chunk a of fair Jesus, story. if he's got all the way to baptism, yeah, he, they've been riding for a while. Yeah, so they've exactly. been having a good old chinwag for yep. a long time. Yep. And all from one question. Yep. To the point where he's seen water and was like. Well, why can't I be after? The yeah. naivety of someone who is fresh in their understanding yeah. aren't afraid to ask a question. Because if you were a Christian and you walked up to a leader in your church and be like, oh, can I get baptized today? Yeah. They'd be like, no, no, no. We've got to, we've we've got got to go, go through, through course some first. course stuff. Yeah. We've got to do this, yeah. that, and the other. And then we've got to organize a day so we can have opportunity for other people to come and be baptized. Yeah. And And yeah. it's
0: just like, you know. Yeah, the only people seeing this is maybe his yeah. entourage that are with him, you yeah. know, his, his soldiers that are keeping him guard or whatever. That's about it. And Philip with again, not someone of great authority no, in the no. in the No, he's not a he's his, not a leader. He just went and baptized he's him. A, he's a deacon if you like. Yeah. He's a deacon, yeah.
1: So, he again and then so they went down the water and baptized. Uh and yep. then they came out of the water the spirit of the lord snatched Philip up straight away. Suddenly so suddenly he disappeared. Yeah. Uh the eunuch never saw him again but went on his way rejoicing. Philip Found himself far, farther, <laughs> farther north at the town of As um, Asotus. Az- yep. And he preached the good news there, and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Yeah.
0: So what I want to see in this, what I want you to see in this story is this is one, this is a significant supernatural encounter. Mm. Uh, you know, these are there's only a few. of well, What we're going about to see the next one in mm. chapter nine. Two, two probably two significant supernatural evangelism encounters, and in both of these stories. You're going to see that God still uses people to tell people about Himself. Yeah. So He He could have. This guy's hungry. I mean, He's He's supernaturally taken Peter there. He's sorry. He's supernaturally spoken to Philip. He supernaturally takes Philip away. Mm. There's some su- spiritual stuff happening. You think, well, why couldn't Jesus have just showed up and preached to yeah. the eunuch himself? Because that's not how God tends to work. Now wow. we're hearing stories a lot in the in the Muslim world of Jesus appearing to people, and I think that's because. Uh, you know, people can't get in there. They can't fly in there. They're not allowed to or whatever, but that's not the norm. I think the norm is God uses people to tell people about God. Even, even in the next story, we're going to see that. So just to preempt the story, when we go there, Mm. Jesus is going to knock Saul off his horse and stand before him. But even then he's going to say, he's going to say to another guy, Ananias, you go and tell him about me. So Jesus, so the point is Jesus uses people to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. That's the partnership we're in. Yep. It's it's not a one-sided thing. God could do it on His own, but He has chosen out of love to partner with humans to bring His kingdom to earth. And
1: that's very important. I think that's an important thing to hear. If you can hear, if we're going to talking about all this stuff around mission, yeah, we talked about being targeted, about being ready, but then also that understand that God works through people. each and every one of us yes, through he does. The people. Through, yep. Like that's the reason why we are the church yep. is so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's a
0: great privilege. Yeah. And that's I think too amazing. often
1: we're expecting, and we're, like it, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have some sort of supernatural experience hmm. because, yeah, it'd be awesome. But we can't go and expecting that but ignoring the people Yeah, going and doing what Jesus actually wants done, not what you want to
0: have. That's right. And that's back to Acts 4 where they went and prayed, Lord, enable us to speak the word of God yeah. with boldness. So it's, that wasn't an acknowledgement of, oh, Lord, this is all too hard. You do it. That was like, no, despite the fact that it's too hard, give us the courage to yeah. do it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll head to our final chapter, chapter nine.
1: Acts chapter nine, last chapter of today's podcast. If you're still with us, glad you're still here. Um, it's been some great conversation so far, and I yeah, think we that, enjoyed it, Jimmy. Um, we get the opportunity now to um, finish with a rather large event uh, for the uh, for church. the rest of the New Testament, yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the history of the church, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the title again gives it away. Um,
0: oh, what are they telling us what, What's happening? Know, ahead which of is time? great
1: for us. But anyway, uh, so this is a like largely about Saul's conversion. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Saul, who became Paul, who was uh, fairly influential in the uh, time of the New Testament, and for us now, yep. Uh, this is where,
0: um, yeah, his conversion yep. is really... This is his Damascus Road experience. Yes. And that that has come, come like. across into the verna- yeah. common vernacular as a life change, hasn't it? Well, that's yeah. exactly where it comes from. We're about to find out. That's what it means. Okay. So... Um,
1: it starts in a great spot and it just shows again where Saul was at mm. and what this change really brought because mm. it says, meanwhile, uh, so we've just come out of uh, talking about all this good stuff, all this me? good stuff happening, Yeah, uh, that Saul was uttering threats with every breath.
0: So not like it's it's gotten pretty bad. Pretty bad. It's starting to sound like yeah. old Saul, isn't it? it almost it's sounds like. to kill the Lord's followers. Uh, that, goodness me.
1: So it's, it's almost sounding like, like that sake. he was calling himself the enemy of, yeah. of Jesus. He's, yeah. he's getting close. You can sort of see it's rising here Yeah, uh, that just this yep, yeah, this wave, it's gone from imprisoning, which is what we heard before. Yeah. He's dragging them out of their homes and imprisoning them yeah. to now killing the Lord's yeah. followers. Yeah. So it's an escalation uh, definitely yeah. at this point. So he went to the high priest. Uh, requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus.
0: Not enough just to do it in Jerusalem. No. I'm going to go
1: all over. Yeah, just going to start. Let's go. Uh, let's start spreading out. Let's start taking these guys down. Pretty much, he's like that. We've we can see that it's working here. We've we just want to make sure that our way of thinking, our, our like, yep. we want to get rid of this uh, this these Jesus followers. So let's go. Well, he said, uh, yeah, asking for their cooperation in arresting. Any of the followers, uh, <laughs> followers of the way. So uh, that's where uh, one of the names for for Christians, it's followers the earliest the way. term,
0: actually. Yeah. The Christian term will come later in the Book of Acts when they're yep. from. They're called Christians, and it's a kind yep. of a derogatory term. But they mm. they grabbed it and used it for themselves. But it was called followers of the way. That's yep. correct.
1: Uh, and he wanted to bring them both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. And if as implied earlier, they'll probably be will end to up death. be put to death. Yep. So. Uh, as he's approaching damascus on his mission a light from heaven suddenly shone down on him fell to the ground and heard a voice saying saul saul why are you persecuting me and the fact that he initially is like who are you lord so it's not and if you read it if you're reading it it actually is a lowercase l so mm. at that
0: point at that point he doesn't know who he it doesn't is. know who it is
1: no. so
0: he certainly didn't think it was,
1: didn't expect no. it to be Jesus. No. No. It, it, I am the, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And Saul stood there speechless. Uh, and then I think that uh, most of us probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, the men
0: that were around says the men with Saul stood <laughs> yeah. speechless. Yeah, they, could, they were overcome by it. They heard a voice, but uh, they didn't yeah. see anybody. No, and it's
1: just, and Saul picked himself up off the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him um, by hand to Damascus, where he remained blind for three days and did not eat or drink. And it's, I think that's the and that's that Damascus Road experience yes, that's that right. Jesus came and. And we talked about before when we we're talking about where you know people and you know Jesus working through people and like this is one where I don't think no matter what, sort of like with Saul, Jonathan tried his
0: hardest to yes. talk him around. Yeah. David played well, his it, harp for him this wasn't going to work it, it was no. that wasn't going to work and, and, this it, where, and in the infinite wisdom of God he needed someone like this he knew that yep. that Saul would turn if he was confronted with Jesus yep. and ultimately Danius Demet- mm-hmm. has got to go and do more with it yep. but uh, to bring him all the way through and teach him yep. but but he knew that he needed someone of this caliber to mm. be this person Chosen vessel to the Gentiles, yeah. it's going to say early, later on. Yeah. yeah, so
1: it's almost the redemption of of Saul and the tribe of Benjamin is happening here. Yes. Yeah, good call. Here now.
0: Yep, that's it. It's gone full circle. Um, So
1: in Damascus, there was a guy, Ananias, or Ananias uh, and the Lord spoke not to him. Not to be confused with
0: Ananias uh, five chapters ago no. who died. Different, different, different Ananias. Different
1: Ananias. It's not a, it's not a uh, little... Uh, peek forward into the future of the no. past here. Um, so yeah. So, and he responds, yes, Lord. He said, go to straight street, or it says the, the street that is straight, whatever, how you want the house of Judas. Uh, and when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. So I think, okay, that's fair enough. You know, I'll go into that. And then he's like, but Lord, I've heard of many people talk about the terrible things this man has done yes. to the believers. Yeah, that's right. Are you sure you got the yeah, right are guy? You sure? are, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, it's sort of like almost like Samuel.
0: It's a little bit like Samuel, it's isn't like, it? It's you, Like, are, are you sure, sure this is the one? <laughs> yeah,
1: like, am I? Like, you know, am I meant to go? And like, is yeah. he going to persecute is he gonna me? He going to kill me? Yeah, like, um, yeah,
0: couldn't this be a setup? Yeah. And later on, they bring Saul to the priests and to the mm. to the leaders that. Yeah. Um, and it's Barnabas he brings him later because most of the people aren't convinced. Yeah. In fact, you're gonna see in this story too; they're not convinced. No, they're gonna. They think, oh, I don't know if we should believe this guy. It could be a setup. Yeah. Um, and so that, like,
1: so the Lord said, "No, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles, and to kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And I think that's, again, as you said, it had to be. Someone it had to be Saul or someone of Saul's authority yep. and position for this to
0: really make an impact. Yeah, and, and think, should, I should, mean, I think we probably even Paul's quite hard on himself, mm. but I think there's an, there's a zealousness in his character, which is mm. something he actually says, "I was zealous in my persecution of the church." Yeah. So there's part of him wanted to do the right thing. He was just, um, he just missed the mark. Yeah. He was falling short of the mark. And but God's Jesus saw that and thinks I can I can point that arrow in the right direction I can help that he was just yeah he was
1: his uh, his focus was and his understanding was on the Old Testament and the teaching of the
0: the popular teaching
1: of the time that's right and he was zealous at it to the nth degree and he was good at what he did yep to the point of and it was almost like
0: Jesus saw that in him and goes if I could just hone that Mm. I could use that yeah you know and he does. And he becomes can, yeah. the great apostle Paul. He,
1: he has done a lot of things in which are wrong in my eyes and has done a lot of damage to the church, but I can use him to do so much yep. more.
0: I can redeem through that. Uh so And he part went. of it, part of his making amends is the suffering. Yeah. You know, don't don't for a moment think, oh, he got off the hook. No. No, uh, he did not get off the hook, folks. He he um he had to suffer a lot. Yeah. And a lot of that would have been his own awareness that it was living out the consequences of his actions. Yeah. Mm. Like what he did to others. Yes. Was now happening to him. It was happening to him. Yep. That's right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, and that's not a and then like a that can very much sound like a karma thing. That's not a karma thing. This no, is no, not, we, this we, is know. just the understanding of he knew, like because he knew what people like him, mm. him and people like him were doing to those who were following yes. Jesus. Yep. And so then when he met Jesus and he understood and he chose to then now become a follower of Jesus he knew. He knew the end result what of that was would going to be.
0: That's right. And we we actually talked about this with Jeannie. We we're talking about David and his sin, mm. and the the fallout in the Psalm fifty one. The Lord take well, Nathan says to him, the Lord takes away your sin. What he means is he takes away the the final punishment of that sin. But mm. nonetheless, there are consequences. Yeah. And when you've made poor choices, there will be consequences yeah. that play out and roll out. And, mm. and part of those consequences was in this case was his suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew that he hey, if I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to cop what I've been giving out. Yep. I'm going to be receiving that back.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yep. So Ananias found him, laid hands and said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you may reign, regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly scales fell from his eyes, gained his sight, got baptized and decided to eat some food, to regain his strength. And so that's the, just that like Ananias there, he, questions like, Are you sure? Yep. Then God said yes. And he goes. And so he goes. Yep. Again, that God appeared to yep. Saul and then he said, But I'm gonna work through Ananias yep. yep. to come and confirm and what's then going on.
0: God and in that sense, the Holy Spirit's you could say the Holy Spirit and it was the Lord in this case, but yep. spoke just just like he did to Philip. He yep. said, You need to go over there. Yep. I'll let you know, you take over when you get there. And he does. Yep. He hears the spirit, he goes over and 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 does it and does it. Yep. Yeah. Is attuned, and the end result of that was that there's a bit of a revival breakout. Yep, Damascus. Because uh, you know Saul's gone full circle. He's done. Yep. A, he's done a full 180. Oh, well, because he would have come armed with that letter. Yeah, exactly. And instead <laughs> of that, he's now he's, he's now preaching for opposite. Jesus. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then they're probably a little bit confused about what's yep. going on. But um, they don't like him. Eventually, they want to kick him out of town there too. Yeah. So yeah, it says Saul's preaching became
1: more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. So not only that. And the thing is that a guy like Saul, as we talked about, our basis is on that. If we have that basis the Old Testament, we have a great understanding of what mm. the New Testament is and, and Jesus' is teaching and the apostles' teaching. Um, and for Saul, he, if anyone's going to know anything about anything in the Old yeah. Testament yeah. scriptures, yeah. it's going to be Saul.
0: A lot of people actually think that Saul was probably one of the most intelligent people that ever lived. He's incredibly brilliant. Yeah.
1: And yeah. that's, and I think that's the, the thing that if... Saul is the perfect person to have on your side, because mm. and I think that's when I think that Jesus saw, like Jesus came down and saw and acted, but you could see that the Lord was like, okay, we've started making some change, but you know what? Someone who's got this understanding, this knowledge of yep. who I am once I reveal it to him, yeah. he. No one's going to be able to, like, and he's not only going to have the influence because they know who he is, how yep. he was taught, yep. who he was taught under, all of the lineage for him yep. and who he was, and he's going to come out the other side and be fighting for me. That's right. He's going to win way more people. He's going to, he's going to be a lot of fruit, isn't he? Because people won't be able to pick holes yeah. in what he says. Yeah. The only way they're going to pick holes in what he says is by lying about it yep. or by saying that, no, you're, you know, you're possessed
3: or something yes, like that. Which they accuse yeah.
0: him of all those things in different contexts. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is to say, folks, that you know your past is not beyond redemption. No. That's what Paul says. He says God had mercy on me, mm. the worst of sinners, and basically it's Paul's way of saying, mm. look, if he can do it for me, folks, he can do it for you because you weren't as bad as I was. Yeah, it doesn't matter before
1: you before you were a follower of Jesus, yep. um, or even after. Yep. Look at David. We just yeah, totally. David's story, like the yep. redemptive he, story of David. He he does some pretty horrible things, but he realizes what he's done. Yep. He repents and. And that's the
0: thing and despite the consequences the, yep. the the next king comes through the <laughs> through Bathsheba. Yeah. So yeah that's the redemptive power of God. He he can take our biggest mistakes and turn them around and make them the catalyst yep. for his greatest purposes for our yep. life. So don't ever
1: allow anyone uh, or anything ever say to you that because of something that you've done or said ever stops you from yep. being able to do amazing or has been done to you or Either has been done to it, you. That's
0: right. Yep, yep. you are beyond you're never beyond the touch of God. No, no. In fact, the, the deeper the dungeon, the higher the calling. Very often, yeah. yes. So that's Saul. He's gonna uh, he's gonna begin to to preach in Damascus and then yep. get out of Damascus. Then we're gonna we're gonna park, so we're gonna park Saul for a while in the yeah. story. He's gonna come back in, in a couple of chapters. Yep. Um, but when he comes back, it's scholars say it's probably ten to twelve years later. So he heads heads back to his hometown, and and hmm. it's in that time that he wrestles with the scripture and tries to unlearn and relearn everything or everything yeah. he's known in the light of Jesus. Yeah. So when he comes back, it's like he is, I use this word, he's Christified the old Testament. He yeah. has just put Jesus into every aspect of the yeah. old Testament. Um, but he goes silent. We're going to go back. This is the, the last we're going to see of Peter in the book of Acts actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. I think it is probably, oh uh, no, he'll be in, uh, in Acts 15 yeah. as well. But this is, yes, this is one of his final narratives. So yeah. yeah. So we get to Peter. Um, and then Peter's yep. also left Jerusalem Yep, he's headed down the road he's not very around, far he's um, just gone down yeah. to Lydia to, to, to um, the town of Jaffa um, yeah. the town of Lydia which is just yeah down yeah. the coast uh, and then he met Anais not to be confused with Ananias
1: Ananias one or who who'd been paralysed and bedridden for eight years so someone who uh, needed healing and this is where he, so he meets him and he just says to him Anais Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your sleeping mat, Go for a walk. and he was healed instantly. Mm. And we've heard that before. We've yep. and we heard it earlier in this chapter. Yep. And we'll hear it with, through the New Testament, Jesus. It there are miraculous healings. These yeah. things happen. Yep.
0: And Peter did it right here. Yep. And they serve a bigger purpose. And so the yep. result of that is that yep. everyone who knew him turned to the Lord. Yep. yep. And that's and I
1: think that's the thing is that. Uh, a lot of times we, I think, I don't know if we've already <laughs> said it, but it's worth saying again. More than happy to go and have these big moments, and but the reason we have those big moments is for then not just for those people that are involved in that yeah. initial moment, is for the outflow of what happens That's from right. that, the consequences it's of good. that moment. It's good, Jimmy. Uh, so here it, yeah, it had big repercussions to that town and and people, you know. Came to Jesus, Fox mm. Jesus, and was being saved. Um,
0: so he heals. He heals. heals um, uh, Tabitha as well. Tabitha's the next yep. story. So there's another story. Joppa, yep. which is just actually on the coast. That's yep. ain't uh, modern day Jaffa. And uh, Tabitha, Tabitha has died.
3: Yep. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, Peter. Yet yeah, they heard that Peter was nearby. So yeah. So about this time, she became ill, died body was washed, ready for burial laid upstairs. So pretty much like at this point, this is days. Yes. Um, that she'd been, uh, she'd been passed. Uh, and they heard that Peter was nearby. And so they sent men to beg him to come and, mm. and be and come yep. and see them. So he goes, they took him straight upstairs. Um, and it was just filled, filled with people that were weeping and mourning. Um, they knew, like they knew that she
2: was
0: dead. Yeah, yeah. At she's, that point, they're, they're, they're well into the period of mourning. And, and they're mourning because they, they yeah. even show her tapestry. They've got the yeah. tapestries and things. Out Everything. That she's making. They're, they're going through a normal grief yeah. process that you would go through in that situation and then Peter steps into it and, and brings it's a, a miracle. That's so just cool.
1: gets, he knelt, prayed, yep. turned to the body, said, yep. get up, Tabitha. Get up, Tabitha. Talitha yeah. ka'um. And, and, it, and it's just great, like, in. And she sits up. She sits up and yep. opens her eyes. Yep. And he gave her his hand and helped her up. And he called the widows and all the believers and presented her to them alive. Yep. And the news spent through that town and many believed in the Lord. Uh, and Peter stayed a long time in Joppa living with Simon. Uh,
0: a tanner of hides. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what we're going to see from the last so. chapter, chapter 8 and chapter 9, by the time we get yep. to the end of chapter 9, we've had – um we're starting to see multiple towns Samaria's yep. been impacted uh, the town the regional towns in mm. in Judea, which is the yeah you know, we've seen Judea, Samaria yep. at the ends of the earth we've seen a, a, a unit heading back so yep. we're starting to see the the ripple effect. We've been to yep. Damascus with Paul, Saul mm. so yeah it's starting to spread now starting to
1: spread so that the mission work is working Saul coming in and pretty much making them scatter. Yes. By starting that and imprisoning them in that yep. that it just bang from there that and has actually, we're actually it's seeing the, the outworking working of, of that's that, right. that
0: call and I think Luke as he writes it wants you to see that because yep. that we learn from that. We learn that friends we will face persecution. Mm. We will face hardship but the church thrives in persecution. The church did not thrive in comfort. Yeah. It does more often than not it does not. Th- there are there are maybe one or two minor exceptions around the world. Yep. I heard someone say recently that uh, Japan some uh, serious persecution has never really recovered from that. It's probably one of the one of the few countries that's never really recovered from persecution, mm. but there's kind of, um, there's, there's three aspects. There's the church can be in power. Mm. The church can be having persecution. And there are the two I've always spoken to. And this person I was listening to on a podcast said, there's a third version of it in a society where there's plurality. Mm. And he was saying that historically speaking, the church has always thrived in, um, uh, it's always thrived most in a plural pluralistic society where yep. there is freedom of religion. That's why we hold to that value. Yep. Uh, sadly, I don't see a lot of Christians holding to that. They want they, they want Christian that. religion. They just want to yep. enforce Christ. But historically, the church, when there's been plurality, it's it's thrived the most. When it's when there's been persecution. Nine times out of ten, it thrives yep. when there's power. When it's in being in power, it's the exact opposite. Yep. So I think we, if we, you know, I'm not calling down persecution, but I think if we can embrace the fact that the Christian life carries with it suffering, we are seeing hmm. a degree of persecution. We're actually setting ourselves up uh, to start to see the Judea, Samaria, Judea, Samaria, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It's been a yep. long day to see the ends of the earth um, as we, as we willingly. Uh, continue to shine the love of Christ yeah. despite the hardship and how it's not always easy or, or um, preferable yeah. to do that. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks Thank for being you. with me. Yeah. We'll get you back good again at some point in the future as well, but um, really enjoy that. That's it good. Yeah. It's good to get back on the microphone. We didn't have this fancy high-tech microphone no, no. when we recorded Christians in Culture, did we? No, no so, we were sitting around with the little yeah. handhelds. And- yeah, and, it, and also, a bit like the early days of this podcast where the sound system was humming and buzzing, but we've got good equipment now. Yep. All right. Thanks for being with us, everyone, and have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.